Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is William Sink, and this is Chris Degania Saturdays. It is Saturday, September 10th, 2011. Tomorrow is the 10th anniversary of the day the Jews took down the Twin Towers and, and, and launched their neocon assault on America. And, and tonight I have Mike Delaney here to talk about 9-11 Missing Links, his movie. And, and I suggest people go see that movie at 9-11MissingLinks.com and spread the news of that movie far and wide. More Americans always need to see that movie. And, and I'd like to start by well, – well, first I'll say that um, we will take calls for this program after Mike is finished with the, our core discussion and, and his core presentation. I'd be willing to take calls from people that have, um, that, that have names here. I'm not going to take calls from unknown guests, and that's because of the certain scumbag spammers that, that have been um, slandering – our, uh, our, um, well, well, the the peop, myself and the people that we um, that that we work with here on Talkshoe, and and first of all, you know, Mike, I'm glad to have you here tonight, and and I just like to like to say that I think 9/11 Missing Links is is an excellent presentation because it tries to run the gamut of, of not only um, how. It could have been perpetrated by showing the access that the perpetrators had, but it also shows all of the evidence of the perpetrators, and it does not get involved in the little details of, of how it was done, which are always very arguable. And, and for, it's been my observation these last three years, and I've only been uh, – I've only had access to this information for three years now, and, and it's been my observation that so many people on the Internet – are so much more concerned with, with the little details about how this could have possibly been done than with who actually did it. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me on tonight. Um, yeah, that was something that I wanted to get into at some point in time in this show is, is the topic of who versus how. And, uh, yeah, we, we can get, we can get into that in a little, uh, probably a little bit because that'll, that'll kind of go with the theme of, the, the alternative different theories, different conspiracies about 9-11 as well. So, um, but yeah, anybody uh, is, is more than encouraged to go watch the movie for free at 911missinglinks.com. Uh, there'll be a short commercial video on the front page there, a big button down at the bottom of the page. You click enter and it'll bring you right to the movie page. Uh, I want to thank Bill for actually hosting the film right now because, uh, for some reason, it, uh, this movie is is uh, not welcome on a lot of the uh, Jewish controlled internet sites. You know, the big the big ones like YouTube. There's several copies of Missing Links on YouTube and such, but there's um, uh, like Vimeo just banned it off of there. I know YouTube just banned my uh, my high quality version of Levant Affair off my channel, um, which is strange. It's been up there for a long time, but. Uh, again, yeah, I say, say thank you uh, to Bill for being able to host that for the time being until I get this uh, higher quality version done and, and get some stuff edited in there. But you can watch it. It's two hours and five minutes long. Um, I, I guess, I guess, Bill, what was, I'll do is I'll start out basically explaining to people how I came to this conclusion, uh, what, what brought me to want to put the time and the effort to make the film. 
uh, I, I don't usually admit this too much, but back in 03 when Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9-11 came out, I went and saw that at the movie theaters. And I wouldn't say that necessarily led me on the path to look into 9-11, but it, 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 it did give me a little interest in looking into it at that point. But I didn't really start diving into the 9-11 issue until 2005 came around when uh, Loose Change, the first edition, came out. Uh, for those that don't know, the Loose Change was created by three individuals. Corey, Corey Rowe um, was basically the third and last individual to come in there, and he was an Afghanistan veteran of the Afghan war. And they kind of used him as a uh, as a token piece, of, you know, the, the soldier that supports the 9-11 conspiracy theory. But the other two individuals, Jason Burmis and uh, Dylan Avery, were the two Jewish individuals that came out with this film. Now, mind you, there have already been uh, several films out there. I've, I've seen them all. Uh, if there's a 9-11 film out there, I've seen them all. I've analyzed them. I've watched them several times. But the ones that came out even before Loose Change, you had In Plain Sight by Dave Von Kleist and The Power Hour. You had uh, Eric Cushman came out with probably one of the best scientific debunkings of the official story. Uh, he came out with a book and movie, Painful Deceptions, Painful Questions. And, of course, Alex Jones came out with 9-11 Road to Tyranny at that point, and then later on, uh, Martial Law, and even after that, Terror Storm, that all dealt with 9-11. Now, there was a common theme here, although all these movies were basically cookie cutters of the same evidence. You go come across the board, it's controlled demolitions, George Bush, Dick Cheney, U.S. government. The controlled demolitions, George Cheney, so on and so forth. Well, for those that were very adamantly looking at this topic, and, and I was, you know, 2005 came around, I dived right in, I started making DVDs. It's like, you know, the, that Liz Change movie really, you know, hit home as far as you know, waking up to what was going on. But it certainly didn't it didn't alert you to Israel and the Jews and what we know now. So at some point in time in 06 started coming around, I started seeing evidence come across my radar. It was very obscure, actually. Um, and I guess one of the things that really pushed me to look for it was as I gave uh, a good friend of mine uh, – that owns a, a Greek guy. He owns a Greek family restaurant. Everybody's seen these in major cities. It's a pretty common theme, um, pretty common stereotype there. But I gave him Martial Law by Alex Jones, and this was probably early of 06 or so. And uh, I never talked politics with this guy, certainly not about Jews or anything else. I mean, it was always small talk, you know, what was going on in the neighborhood and the community and stuff. I decided I'm going to spring this, you know, was real big in Alex Jones at the time. I, I said, here, check this movie out, Martial Law. And he did. He came back. He said, man, that was really good. And uh, there was a lot of evidence in there that uh, points to the – but he, then he goes, you, you know, something baffles me. He said, I'm going to be I'm going to be quite forward with you. He said, where do the Jews play in on this? <laughs> I, at the time, I had no idea what, you know, where that angle came from as far as, you know, what do you mean the Jews? You know, because anybody knows if you listen to Alex Jones, especially at that point in time, I mean, he's a lot more critical on the, the state of Israel and and even sometimes Zionism. But back then, I mean, you can look back at 2006, I got a recording that Alex Jones did where he adamantly said, and verbatim, I've looked at the evidence. There's no way that Israel could have been behind the 9-11 attacks. And so he right there cut off any discussion or dissent to that angle of 9-11. And like I said, now it's common, and anybody has to retain any credibility in this 9-11 truffer movement, 
will have to come out and say that Israel was at least involved, not the fact that it was a complete Jewish operation, no matter if it was the state of Israel or Jews in the United States government, but that's that's where we're at now. Well, so that led me, he says, hey, Mike, why don't you go ahead and read the protocols and uh, get back to me and tell me how these people aren't involved. Sure enough, I read the protocols. I said, wow, that's uh, that's some pretty wild stuff there. And, yeah, if, if this is true and everything I started looking at, you know, who owns the media? Who owns, you know, who are the advisors on 9-11? And uh, I came across uh, Chris Bolin's work. Chris Bolin was an excellent uh, researcher in this and one of the few out there. There was a couple of other people that I, I'm not going to bring any names up that were doing fairly well with bringing out the Israeli angle of 9-11. But, uh, but that, that started to, to beg the question, well, how come all these other 9-11 so-called conspiracy theorists that are exposing this big lie aren't talking about these key issues? You know, and and we get in, we'll get into some of these other key issues later. But I realized at some point in time, like all of us should, that we're under the gun, we're under the hammer, in a bigger picture here. And I thought, well, I, we need, I need to get a movie out about this. So I had no idea how to make a movie, video edit it, or nothing. I, I already made a bunch of videos at that point, but I, you know, whatever have you, wasn't certainly wasn't a pro. I just went and taught myself on YouTube. And it got this after a year working on it, got it put together and released out there. And that was in August of 08. So it's been over three years now. And, and from my tally, uh, several million have seen that at this point. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're at. And I, I guess as far as the 9-11 story itself goes, uh, I want to break down First off, the, how the official story goes down. Osama bin Laden and his al-Qaeda team of cavemen with box cutters hijacks four planes, two fly into buildings, one flies into the Pentagon, one crashes in Flight 93. This is the official story, right? Well, let's look at this al-Qaeda group that they blamed. Well, first off, I want to point out, I, I wish I had the clip. Somebody had given it to me a long time ago, and I don't know where it's at. And I'd appreciate if any of the listeners out here today could uh, email me at prothink at yahoo.com if they find this clip. I've been looking for it for years, and I've seen it already once. But the day of 9-11, there was some local uh, – I don't know if they were national or local news, but they, I would assume they were national news. But they had you know a couple of Jews that were you know advisors to the media and in the Pentagon at the time, like Billy Crystal and Richard Pearl, you know, all these neocon Jews that had came out within hours of the attack. It's Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. It's Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. They kept on hammering it, hammering it, hammering it. Meanwhile, Osama bin Laden himself, who's on kidney dialysis at this point, ready to die. And, you know, if you believe they just killed him just uh, uh, May 1st here on the communist May 1st day, then uh, I, got, I got some motion from property in Arizona to tell you. But they keep, they keep pushing this theme within hours. Mind you. The U.S. government, who investigates everything, even even a, a, a stain on a dress from Bill Clinton, and spends, I think it was a hundred and some million dollars on the Bill Clinton affair, but only like a two-digit number of millions for the actual 9/11 thing. Well, they wait 444 days to actually conduct. Not even a, they wouldn't even call it an official investigation. I forget what the word was for it, but you know the 9/11 Commission report. 444 days, and mind you, we were already in war at that point for these Jews that were on the media telling the American people who was behind it. I mean, they knew right away. But like I said, Osama bin Laden at this time is on all over 
Middle Eastern media going, I had nothing to do with it. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he even condemned the attacks, but he did specifically say, and I have three reports. Um, I didn't, I didn't have a chance to pull all those up, but you can look at it. You can find them online. Uh, well, well, it's and not then they, only that, but we were at war with Iraq, which had nothing to do with Osama bin Laden. Well, yeah, with Osama bin Laden? It, it, oh, exactly. And you can see that clip. Uh, I believe it was in 2006 or five, where a reporter asked Bush at the White House, "He says, what did uh, what did Iraq have to do with the World Trade Center attacks?" And Bush just looked flat out and was nothing. Nothing. Well, well, that's why the Jews love to cause confusion, so that they could push through any agenda they want at at that moment. Absolutely, they did it it with nine eleven. Exactly. Now, now, now. So we got we got the Osama bin Laden thing down, right? Now, going ten years into up to, to now, even after Osama bin Laden's dead, some of you guys have seen the reports where the FBI says they've uh, they've stopped all charges, seeking charges for Osama bin Laden because we've killed him now. Well, up until the point that he was supposedly dead on May first this year, they were seeking him for terrorism charges, but not once ever under the top ten list was he ever wanted for nine eleven. He was wanted for a conspiracy to be part of the coal bombing and several other crimes, but not 9-11. And there was actually somebody that called uh, the FBI back in 0405 and spoke to their spokesman about this, and they, they plainly came out and said, we don't have enough evidence to to uh, prosecute Osama bin Laden the attacks of 9-11. They obviously didn't get any further into it, but that just goes to show you right there that you can see the difference from what the real um, – Sleuth in in the FBI we're looking at, and the difference between what the, like the Jewish media and so-called advisors to the White House and Pentagon were saying, it was you know a different story there. So then we then we have this BBC article, um, and you can go to Google for those that are listening. Uh, can go to Google and type in hijacker. Let me get the actual exact quote here for you. Hijack suspects alive and well. And the first article you're going to pull up is the most reputable. Uh, obviously, I don't ever call mainstream news reputable, but for those that uh, consider mainstream sources reputable, the BBC News, the biggest news source in Britain, uh, will pull up. That'll be the first article to come up on Google. And it says, Hijack Suspects Alive and Well. I'll just read a little section off of here for you. Another of the men, this is the article here, another of the men named by the FBI as a hijacker in a suicide attack on Washington and New York has turned up alive and well. This article is written on Sunday, the 23rd of September, 2001, so only just a couple weeks after 9-11 happened, or just short of two weeks. Well, well identity, right. let me say real quick that that was one of the last segments in the Zero movie, an investigation into 9-11, where they identified several of the hijacked suspects as being alive and well. Exactly, exactly, and and a lot of the other movies as well will point that out. They'll they'll quasi debunk the Al Qaeda myth, but they'll never lead you to the real perpetrators here, and that's where Missing Links comes in at. But th- this article goes on to say the identities of four of the 19 suspects accused of having carried out the attacks are now in doubt. Saudi Arabian pilot Walid Al Shahari was one of the five men that the FBI said had deliberately crashed American Airlines Flight 11 into the World Trade Center on. Uh, 11th of September. His photograph was released and has since appeared in newspapers and televisions around the world. Now, he is protesting his innocence in Casablanca, Morocco. He told journalists there had 
that he had nothing to do with the attacks in New York and Washington and had been in Morocco when they happened. Well, well he has, he's in Morocco, he's innocent, right? I, I mean, he's not dead in a plane crash. He, exactly, he's alive. So this here we have a mainstream article right here that, you know, the, the Jews are running all over the media within hours of the attacks, Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. Osama saying in several uh, mainstream sources that in the Middle East I had nothing to do with it and, you know, they have no ties to anything that had to do with this attack. Meanwhile, they come out with the infamous video that every, you know, ignorant, brainwashed American go, Osama bin Laden, they made it to it on television. And you go to, all you have to do is look at a side-by-side picture of what Osama looks like and what this big, ugly clown, (laughs) not that Osama's not a big, ugly clown, right? But look at the difference between the two clowns. I mean, we got Bozo and and Ronald McDonald here, two completely different-looking clowns. (laughs) But right, they, and, and, and the, the Zero movie pointed out that Osama, with age, his hair got darker instead of grayer, and, and yep. his nose grew. His nose grew in his old age. There you go. There you go. He, so, he went from having a, a, a rather slim nose to a rather bulbous nose in, in his old age. Yeah, and they, and they try to pull this off as the only piece of evidence. Now, the, now mind you, the FBI is not buying this. You know, all, all the pressure, everybody, oh, it's Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. Even the FBI under Jewish control is saying, you know what, we don't got enough evidence. If it's not enough evidence for the guy that they're claiming did it to go on video and say he did it, then there's got to be something to it. you got to know that this video is fake. And not, not, to fact, not to mention the fact you should be able to visually look at that in a picture of him and say, yeah, that's not the same guy. So here we go. We have we've ruled out Osama bin Laden to be involved. This this these nineteen hijackers, several of them, according to the BBC and multiple other reports. By the way, just BBC is like the biggest one. And then we have the spokesman for Al Qaeda, and I love bringing this guy up. And I wish I would have brought it up, Missing Links, but that was something that got put on the chopping floor in editing time. But the head spokesman for this Muslim. Islamic fascist regime of terrorists is a guy named Adam Gadon. Now, wait a second. Adam Gadon's real name is, uh, let me see, Adam Perlman. That's right, a Jewish name. Adam Perlman, mind you, is from California, uh, San Francisco, California, if I'm not mistaken. And Even he's Adam the, Gadon is a name that I would suspect is Jewish immediately, right? and not an Arab name. Hey, absolutely, absolutely. Now, he's wanted on the FBI, and the FBI even admits to his real name being Perlman. And uh, isn't this strange now that his grandfather is on the board, was or is on, at the time of the attacks, on the board of the directors of the infamous B'nai B'rith Anti-Defamation League? You know, that Jewish civil rights group that loves to be patriotic and everybody but the people that deserve it, civil rights, and claim everybody else is anti-Semitic, right? Including myself recently in an article. Well, this guy, Adam Perlman, is the grandson of a, of a board of directors of the ADL. You mean to tell me that, and I've made this analogy several times, it's funny as heck, you mean to tell me that a Muslim extremist group, Muslims, especially the more extreme ones, don't like Jews. I mean, that's that's a given. They hate Israel. They hate Jews. I mean, that's you know, it, it even says a Jew is their, is their eternal enemy. You know, in their own books. So, you mean to tell me their spokesman just happens to be a San Francisco Jew? 
whose grandfather's on the board of directors of Anti-Defamation League. Now, if you believe that one, I want you to know that Mike Tyson was just elected the head of the Ku Klux Klan down in Alabama, and he's running the show. So, uh, along with his buddy Snoop Dogg. So that's uh, Snoop Dogg's running NSM. But uh, that's just how retarded this is. That's how retarded it is. So, uh, so you can pretty much see right there. And then, and there's another. There's a couple other Jewish figures that are prominent in Al Qaeda, this uh, so-called Muslim extremist group that did 9/11. Um. So, w- well, what do we have left there? Well, you get into these other 9/11 conspiracy films. They start looking at the dumb patsy George Bush and saying that, uh, oh, well, just George Bush. Because the Jews know that, albeit they have a thousand channels of just brainwashing crap on day and night that people sit in front of with a 12-pack of Budweiser and uh, believe everything they sell, you know, everything they can imagine they'll sell it and they'll buy it. There are those of us who will go, this just doesn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense in the fact, like we were saying earlier, Bill, that... 19 of these hijackers, most of them come out of Saudi Arabia. None of them came out of Iraq, but yet the big war was in Iraq, right? That doesn't make sense right there at all. So what's going on here? That should normally in your head get you to raise some questions. It should be alert of something like that. So that, well, that leaves well, us like that. But 99% of American people just believe in their government. Well, I'd have to slightly disagree with you there, only in a simple fact that I have CNN polls from only at the five-year anniversary was going around, and a lot of the mainstream uh, news out there was 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 very arrogant and thinking they had it 99%, and so they started running polls. And as soon as the, they saw the polls were skyrocketing high, that you know they would ask a really a dumb question: Do you believe the official story of 9/11 to be true? And it would be anywhere from 60 to 90% people said, no, we don't believe it. Then they would ask the question, do you believe these alternative theories to be true? And it would be like 70 to 90%. So most – Well, right, but let me qualify that. When I make that statement, I, I'm talking about on, on 9, 10, 2000, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people may not like the current politician in office, but it, it's always been up up until this point that when the government said – that this regime is evil, we have to go after them. All the people just shook their heads, and, and that's the way it's been for um, for our entire history. Yeah, you know, that's the way it was in Germany. That's the way it was in Vietnam. That's the way it was in Korea, and, and, and um, that's the way it was in the first Gulf War. Exactly, exactly. And so – that you know, that, that leads to, like I said, to these other 9-11 films, which I was, you know – I was into those films really big in 05 and 06, and I went to the you know three different conferences. I went to one in Chicago that was hosted by the Loose Change Alex Jones crowd. I went to the one in L.A. where Charlie Sheen came out of the closet of being a Jewish 9-11 truther, and in uh, Ground Zero that year as well, you know. And then uh, the next year, matter of fact, I even spent my honeymoon in Ground Zero for the six-year anniversary. So, but at that point already, I was I was pretty pretty. Uh, informed on what was going on you know one of the one of the key things that you know they'll push to you is that one of the they'll posit to you that uh controlled demolition uh, inc an american controlled demolition company had to have been the one that did not uh did the explosions never never in any of these 9-11 films will they even play the mainstream clip of a 
the Dan Rather. Now, they have since Missing Links has come out, because they kind of have to now. But never did they play the Dan Rather clip, where Dan Rather goes, there's been a group, uh, two suspects caught by the FBI with a truckload of explosives on the George Washington Bridge, enough explosives to blow up the bridge, and they're in custody now. Or the Fox News clip, where they went in depth with uh, uh, the fact that they caught all these, you know, active duty uh, Israeli military, and they were controlled uh, demolition experts as well. And they say this right in Fox News clip. They're, um, they're, uh, they didn't say controlled demolition. They said demolition experts from well, the Israeli the military. What I wanted to bring up tonight was the amount of Fox News clips. Uh, I was really surprised because, you know, I, I wasn't anywhere near a television for, for all of this time, right? I was really surprised at the amount of Fox News clips that you had in 9-11 Missing Links, which admit, it basically admit Israeli com- complicity in this, or, or um, it, it, at least a high level of Israeli suspicion. And, and I was surprised that Fox News came out with that so many times. Well, here's the thing, that four-part series that equaled up 19 minutes of footage of them hammering Israel – after that came out, that was banned off of their archives. And you could go to the mainstream media and buy, like, old archives of their videos or their news clips and stuff. You cannot get that clip from Fox News anymore. From the best of my knowledge, I remember a lot of people were trying to get it back in 08, and I was as well. And you could, they said, oh, there, there's no such video as that anymore. What are you saying? I have it right here is Brett Hume and Carl Cameron. It, no, no, it's not, no, not anymore. <laughs> so, wow. Well, yeah. well, I'm surprised it even never made it to the, to the air. That's a, I, I thought that was pretty amazing. Yeah, and I I think that's how a lot of you know, in something this big, stuff like that does get leaked out. You know what I mean? So it's you know, like the report of the George Washington Bridge. I'm sure Dan Rather wasn't let known all the aspects. You know, he probably might even had they might even advise him to buy some stocks, some shorts on United Airlines or American Airlines, and he might have even known that, you know, the Jews are going to pull off 9-11 to that extent. But I'm sure a lot of people out there w- didn't know a lot of the details, you know, like the urban movie systems where they had all these bam loads of explosives and such. And so when he's reporting, it's something just, you know, in the the mess of all this, the chaos of all this, he's he's dropped that on his desk and, you know, a van load of explosives. And obviously they didn't uh, acknowledge where these people came from at that point, but... It did later come out, you know, from official reports and other mainstream news articles. Now, so the Fox thing, I'm thinking they knew very well what they were doing. And quite frankly, to the discerning eye that watches these four clips, if you can't discern that these had something to do with 9-11 heavily at that point in time, I mean, they almost did the, the, the pretense that I did with Missing Links. I started with the Levant Affair, the USS Liberty, both Israeli attacks on the United, on the United States, and then it's a 9/11. They pretty much started it out with the same thing, with the theme of only spying. But they started out with oh, Jonathan Pollard, well, the Rosenthal's, you know. So they they did the same thing. Like, look, this has happened before. They're doing it again. Well, well that's and, because a lot of Americans are so so programmed about the Jews in in their churches on Sunday about how these are God's chosen people and don't realize how the Jews have led a campaign of treachery against every other nation, and and especially their two biggest supporters, Britain and the United States. All throughout history, they've led this this campaign of treachery, and and they don't care who gets in the way, and and they don't care about 
allegiances except to themselves. And, and that's the liberty proves that beyond a doubt. I thought it was a good strategy to start out with the Levan affair and, and the USS Liberty to show people, hey, you know, the Jews have a history of doing this to us. Well, absolutely. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I would have to agree with you even more so in a sense with the Judeo-Christian churches being more of, of a potency to keep people away from this truth behind 1911 and the USS Liberty and such with these Judeo-Christian churches because a lot of people at least have some discernment to go the media is lying or the media is biased or whatever. But when they go sit down at these pulpits and these lying traitorous bastards sit there and tell you all day that the crooks that did 9-11 and a lot of other crimes we won't even need to get on the, and, uh, into on this show because it would take days to lay that out or even years. But these these pulpit traders are standing up there and, and telling them to love their enemy, don't question them, don't raise dissent against them, how dare you, you know, don't even dare accuse the, the innocent Jews of anything. They've just been nothing but persecuted all their lives. And so they're brainwashed. So when this comes up to them, and uh, it, it's amazing, I, I've run into people that are so hardcore Judeo-Christian that when you bring up just facts of 9-11. Just the, the, it, it's like they're on some super psychotropic meds that make their brain concoct the strangest responses of, uh, it, it no, the sky is green. <laughs> it's just, it's, 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 it's really retarded to hear some of these people come up with, just so they can make sure that that brainwashing they get at the pulpit is has some conviction behind it. And it doesn't, you know, any logical person, you know, if an alien species came from outer space, came down here, and he said, well, this is what it, well, you know what, I'd have to say Beezlebop or whatever the alien's name would be, He's, I, you know what, it looks like these Jews did 9-11, it's quite simple. But the, well, that's, well, what that's, is, that's, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, well, without 9-11 missing links, let's take your, your movie out of the picture, what is the, the impact? the impulse for Dr. Alan Sobrowski to admit Jewish complicity in 9-11. What, what else would, would compel him to do that? Uh, yeah, if you took 9-11 missing links out of the mix, um, that, you know, I would confidently say help propel the message of, of Israel doing 9-11, Israel is in the Jewish state. Uh, well, well, I mean, it's obvious to me that Alan Sobrowski came out and admitted Israeli complicity because he had to, right? I mean, I don't think he would have done that if he weren't compelled to come clean about it. And, and something had to compel him. Some solid evidence that's laying all around out in the mainstream, I think, had to compel Alan Sobrowski to make that admittance. That, that's the way I think about it, right? I mean, he's not, if nobody else knows about the crime and he finds out about it, I don't think he's going to admit it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Well, in, I in think this some big... outside circumstance had to compel him to make the admittance. Well, I, I look at it like this. I'm, I'm a firm believer that just like, well, here, here's another incident, not just Sabrowski, but you had former president of Italy, Francesco Consega, who just uh, eight, nine months prior to missing links even being released, he comes out in the largest paper in Italy and says, look, 
uh, it's not a secret that the Zionist Israel state pulled off 9-11. All the Western intelligence agencies know it. So basically white countries know full well that Israel did 9-11. And he, he threw and, in and there the CIA. That's what I'm driving at. That's what I want to bring out. What, what else is out there besides 9-11 missing links? And, and um, Well, yeah, I, don't, well I don't think anything grassroots had, had would have played a part in in that. I, I think he's probably right. You know, it, any any person that looks at the evidence of this of this crime and doesn't have, like you said, this this pulpit brainwashing or this television brainwashing, namely, you know, intelligence agencies or military figures or people that are really uh, a little more versed in history are, are going to be able to look at this and easily discern what had happened. I mean, it's, this isn't a hard thing to figure out when you catch these bastards red-handed with bombs in their trucks. You look at Building 7, you can just put those two and two together, and if you happen to know about the U.S. Liberty and Levant affair, it's real clear what's happened. I, there's not, I don't think there's anybody uh, – I think there's probably less than 10% of the people in, like, say, the NSA or the CIA or even the FBI that don't already know that Israel pulled off 9-11. But I think, you know, with, with that attack – the Jews are able to pull a coup d'etat on, on the government fully, you know, not just halfway where they had a lot of influence, but fully where they're able to get everybody in position at that point and, and switch a lot of seats up. So, you know, someone like Zabrowski in, in Francisco Casega coming out, you know, I think they just had to do with the fact that, you know, behind closed doors, it's common knowledge, you know, it it really isn't. You know, that, that might sound like a bold statement, like, oh, I don't see that happening. But one thing we have to realize, if it is common knowledge, we're not going to know about it because, first of all, we're not behind these closed doors. And second of all, you think the Jewish media is going to come out and even give – they wouldn't even attack. I mean, ADL will attack them, but the ADL is the ADL. They're just dumb and retarded anyways as far as I'm concerned. But you're not going to see CNN or uh, MSNBC or any of these major news networks Get Alan Zabrowski on there to even try to discredit this dude. They, they're not going to do that, and if they do, it'll it'll backfire on them completely. Because no matter what kind of anti-semi and whatever they call him, and first of all, the, the guy's what a quarter Jewish or something. He admitted to. He's not only that. He's the, he was the former director of the Army War College. You know, a Vietnam vet. He, he is very well-spoken. He's got a lot of conviction when he says he knows the topic of 9-11 very well. They're not going to put this dude on there. And for that matter, anybody else that's going to come on. So you got a, another individual uh, that writes for veterans today, uh, Captain Eric May, who's former Army Intelligence. He's a big fan of missing links. will come out all day and tell you that Israel did 9-11. So these kind of people are out there. It's just – you don't see it. You, you, that's the problem. It's the same with a lot of these other topics that we deal with um, that are related to the same group of people. There are a lot of people that know this stuff. It's just in society, it's it's an issue of being taboo to talk about or, uh, you know, a lot of people are afraid to bring it up because, I think, quite frankly, you bring it up to the wrong person, a Judeo-Christian, and it's just going to be all hell's going to break loose, right? Well, so, well, there's a devil running around with a dagger and sticking it sticking it in, in the backs of, of um, our people, and, and nobody will admit that he's there. It, it's insane. It, it's an insane. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it's a psychosis that nobody will talk about this devil running around killing our people. It, it's, mm. it's, it's crazy. Well, and, and um, exactly, and getting back to, like, this, um, there's one other thing I wanted to mention with this Al-Qaeda thing. On 9/11, a lot of you, a lot of you that are aware of this stuff, will already know about this. But 
they had Israelis that were caught that day celebrating, standing on top of, namely, an urban moving systems uh, moving van, you know, the the ostensible front moving company that was funded a half million dollars from the federal government just months prior to 9-11 of all Israeli active duty military, a lot of which, like Fox News and an unnamed agency of the government, as Fox News reported, said that they were controlled demolition experts. Well, they're caught celebrating this event. And uh, and a lot of people wrote it off, you know, the, like the ADL and the Jewish media write it off because I have heard them address this one issue, and they'll address it as a straw man issue. And we'll get into another straw minister. Oh, 4,000 Jews didn't show up to work that day. We'll address that as well in a second here. But the, they were celebrating the event. Mind you, they probably weren't caught with anything like bombs in their trucks. They probably weren't caught rigging the towers. Uh, there, there probably wasn't a lot of evidence that would say, would implicate them being involved, but just their reaction of them celebrating the event, which is what caused suspicion for them to get arrested in the first place, should tell you right there and then they felt like they had a successful day, like things were going great for them. Nobody else thought that that day except for these people, but they thought it was, and, you know, they're flicking lighters in the air, celebrating it, filming it. Now, mind you, at the same time, like I said, these Jews within hours of the event are on TV going, that is uh, the, the crazy Muslim extremists and Al-Qaeda and, and Osama bin Laden. They're showing you footage in Palestine of Palestinians celebrating. Going, look, these Palestinians, are, they're great. They're celebrating the event and they're, they're, they're in the streets. These conniving bastards were showing stock footage of a holiday that was going on over two years previous to that. They had no celebrations in Palestine. Obviously, that let the American public not uh, not say anything to Israel when Israel decided to use that as an excuse to start carpet bombing the heck out of them because, well, they're they're all Muslims and they're all part of Al Qaeda anyways, and we need to send our boys and our men and women off to go kill them as well, you know, because that's just how they man, that's how they manipulate us. So, but yeah, I thought that was funny because they'll say it's a um, you know, it's a conspiracy theory to say we caught Israelis celebrating. They admit to it, but it's no big deal. They'll show us old stock footage, fake footage of, of something that was had nothing to do with 9-11 to say, look, the Palestinians are evil, conniving people. They were celebrating the event. Well, well right. That's the that's the Jewish media. That, that's the treachery of the Jewish media. And, and um, it, it, you really have to get the average American... To, to shift his paradigm and its whole way of thinking to get him to see some of those details and and mm-hmm. once you see the details that they're undeniable but but it's it's really difficult to get people to open their eyes to even want to look at them where, where yeah you know i'm I'm from yeah you know that that the dancing Jews on Boulevard East in Weehawken, New Jersey that really struck home with me because i I used to when I was younger, I loved Boulevard East in, in Weehawken, New Jersey. I used to it, it. It was my um, my my lover's lane in my youth because there's a beautiful park there that's real dark at night and it overlooks the Manhattan skyline. You could see the entire Manhattan skyline from that point. And, and you're at you're, you're right across the water from probably within a couple of blocks of Times Square, like between Times Square and the Empire State Building. So so you're in the low 40s, high 30s equivalent in in Manhattan, right? That's where you're across from the point. So, so you could see all of Manhattan from there, and, and it's really nice. And, and before I went away, before I left New Jersey, it was mostly Cuban. Cubans had moved in there in very large numbers, 
And, and it's not a place where you're asked to see a lot of Hasidic Jews at that time of the day, or, or at all, in, in fact. And, and um, the Hasidic Jews, most of them are, are, are in Brooklyn and Staten Island and, and um, maybe down the Jersey Shore, but they're not in Weehawken, New Jersey, at, at 9 o'clock on a weekday morning well, when they should be overworking in the Diamond District, right, where, where most of them really are. <laughs> well, this, that, this would be another point. Uh, semi-related to this, too, you know, because a lot of people might think, oh, the Hasidic Jews are just the religious ones, and they wouldn't have nothing to do with 9-11. I'm going to let you know right up front, those Hasidic Jews are just as rotten as the ones that you would consider uh, atheist neocon Jews, because meanwhile, this spying is being investigated, like Fox News was stating, uh, the the spying. The DEA was also, you go to the Department of Justice's website and type in a search word Israel, you will find that they were busting Hasidic Jews all over the place, coming off of planes with tons of ecstasy, uh, in their, you know, on them smuggling it in, and so they were using their their Hasidic Jewish look as their uh, as their front, and uh, you know that's they they knew it worked, you know they they probably got a lot in, and on a side note, even that uh, I, I found this interesting. Sammy the Bull Gravano, Gravano, Sammy the Bull, who who basically uh, snitched on John Gotti that whole Italian mafia affair. Well, they gave they gave Sammy the Bull witness protection after serving a couple years in solitary for what seventeen murders or something. Yeah, right. He became a car salesman in Arizona. Well, he became a car salesman, but he also became one of the largest ecstasy dealers on the West Coast, directly in with the Jewish mafia. So they gave him a break. And took out John Gotti, the Jewish competition at the time, and gave Sammy the Bull Gravano, like I said, a job as a used car salesman, but also a more important job. And here's what happens. What, what do they say? that With Jews you lose, right? They still fried him after he sold out. Excuse me. They still fried him. They busted him after they, they were done using him. They busted him with like $400,000 worth of ecstasy and sent them back to the same prison system that Gotti was in at the time. So, yeah, that just goes to show you, you know, you can't get in bed with these people no matter what you think is going to benefit you. It's not. It's always going to burn you. But, now, um, now, Urban Moving Systems, that's the van that these Jews were found in, in Weehawken celebrating 9-11, right? And, and well, there was there's several events of of them being caught that day, which which leads me to think, uh, you know, statistically, when somebody when people are out there saying doing a lot of criminal activity, they're normally roughly going to get caught only one out of every like ten times, right? Because I mean that's usually how uh, you know that's usually how the stats usually go on on crime activity out there. So if you can imagine, they got was it four or five cases of these bands full of Jews being caught, some with bombs, some with bomb residue, some celebrating, some filming the event prior to it starting. And um, when you have that many already being caught in a day of chaos where they would be the last people looked upon for even being involved, it makes you wonder how many were involved. Because if you look at the, the facility that they were at, it was a pretty big warehouse in New York there. New York and New Jersey now. I'm trying to remember exactly where Urban Movie Systems was based. But, well, uh, I'm so looking at a screenshot right now. I'm looking at <laughs> a screenshot from the Office of Management and Budget. Federal Assistance to Recipient Urban Moving Systems Incorporated in New Jersey, fiscal year 2001. Urban Moving Systems, according to this screenshot that's available on the Internet, 
it is um I, I'm sorry I can't paste it into the chat because it's on a different computer than, than my chat. But but it's Urban Moving Systems received four hundred ninety eight thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars in, in federal assistance in two thousand and one. Yes, and it's I know that, that you showed me prior. that this is one of the items that I was looking for for this program and couldn't find, right? But but I found it. I just tripped over it looking on the internet while we were talking, and uh, that, that's incredible. That that's that, that. So so they're working against us. That this urban moving systems is a Jewish Mossad operation. They have prior knowledge of 9/11. That they're working against our nation while. That they're on the on the federal dole and, and collecting half a million dollars in business assistance. You know what I couldn't track down is who was behind uh, authorizing that grant out of the federal government. I I tried my best my with my ability and skills or know how to f figure out who actually authorized that bill. You know, and it, it could be somebody that did, didn't have a clue what was going on, just as you know, basically a signature signer for everything that comes across their desk or whatever. But I still wanted to kind of know who that was because if it would have been like, say, you know, Lautenberg or, you know, because everybody involved in this attack from the, the New York Port Authority to Larry Silverstein leasing the building and his buddy Frank Lowry out of Australia that owned Westfield Malls. Um, you name it, from the top to bottom, not just involved. You know, there's some of these clowns out here that claim to be white nationalists like Don and Derek Black of Stormfront will still tell you to this day and will argue and tell you, I don't want to debate 9-11, I don't want to do this or this and that. These clowns, especially these two, I think are worse than Alex Jones when it comes to this topic. Because at least Alex Jones will say Israel was involved in 9-11. These clowns will say that it was still Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda, and they did it because of our support for Israel. And another person I would be disappointed with, but I'd give a lot more leeway on, was uh, William Pierce. You know, he passed away just shortly after 9-11. So. But he mentioned in one of his audio files that uh, people were telling him up front, because a lot of people picked up on it right away, that the Jews were behind it. It just didn't get traction for years. But he's mentioned an audio file. Look, I got these people trying to tell me that the Jews actually did it. He says, look, I'm not trying to. He basically, you know, shunned it out like that's just, you know, you want to blame Jews for everything. But, no, he had it on his desk and dropped the ball on it. And it's just, it was disappointing because someone like that back then that was out in and had some prominence in, in a community that would have ate this up and really skyrocketed this issue, and we'd be a lot further along with it right now. You know, basically, it was it was dropped the ball, and 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 it really, like I said, it's disappointing to me. So, and there's a lot of other people that you could say that aren't that are still ignoring this issue, that know it's true, and uh, I don't want to get any slanderous you know, accusations of anybody that's uh, around that might still be benefiting and stuff. But um, yeah, that's 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 the problem we're dealing with with this with this particular issue. We have an Achilles heel to the Jew. And I say that pretty boldly because I look at it this way on a strategic sense. If you're able to convince even non-whites, you know, which it would benefit us in a roundabout way, because if you would say were to take the, the, the black and the Muslim and the Hispanic community, and uh, community sounds like too positive of a word, but anyways, if you were to take these groups of people that are, are being effective, I mean, everybody around the world is being affected by this 
everything that's had to do with 9-11, including the Obama presidency, these bills that are getting signed, the, the TSA groping, you name it, this, this tyrannical, empirical government that the Jews have set up are all off the excuse of 9-11. They were not able to do this. They wanted to do it with the Oklahoma City false flag, but they weren't able to do it. And um, if you well, take Well, I'd that, like to say that I've seen Negroes that are aware of the Jewish problem that still believe the Jews are white, so they blame whites for the Jewish problem. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that's, yeah, we, I don't even want to get into them clowns. <laughs> it's, it's like a second trip up that they've been conned into, like, oh, it's the Jews, oh, and then the Jews will, will tell them, well, we're just white people anyway, so. Uh, well, well, it's a lose-lose situation <laughs> with the Negroes, and, and they're that stupid. They really are, and I've seen it time and again. Exactly, but you know, say the you know Middle Easterners, Iranians, uh, even in uh, you know India or, or that matter Asian countries, that it it would strategically benefit certainly our greater cause as 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 whites to to say, look at this information, look at the people that are behind this, and it it focuses our our enemy's enemy onto them. Instead of, you know, because who always gets hammered and blamed for everything and white guilt this and white guilt that. It ultimately, this, this particular topic, more so than even, say, the Holocaust and, uh, you know, kosher tax or you name the crime that these people have pulled. This one is the one that's that's really, you know, what's on the news right now? What's all over the news? Is they're really pulling a slick game right now. Oh, we're going to get a car bomb in New York or D.C. and be scared, be fearful. You should never, ever, ever, ever fear these people. I don't care what they tell you that's going to happen. You should never fear them. But that's, well, that's well, what Christians they've been told specifically never to fear them. Well, we're exactly. And, and we should never fear them, and we should never trust them, because when you see a rabbi, you're, you're looking at a, a one-man crime ring. And every <laughs> rabbi individual is a one-man crime ring. That we, we have um, 9-11 missing links brought a lot of good things to light. It, 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 it mentioned the, um, the two-point-something trillion dollars missing from the Pentagon budget. Uh, and, and that was going to be investigated, probably. It, it would have been forced to the surface except for 9-11. And that was Dub Zakheim, the Jewish rabbi, one-man crime ring, who was appointed um, under Secretary of Defense, I think, in the first Bush administration, right? Yeah. Yeah, you have Dub Zakheim. Yeah. Rumsfeld comes out the day before 9-11 on national news and says, we cannot account for $2.3 trillion under Dub Zakheim's watch because he's the comptroller of the Pentagon at the time that this money is coming to release or be coming up missing. Well, and, uh, well, if there's a rabbi with access to money, you better bet the money's going to disappear. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he's not going to have the money any longer. That's like leaving a $5 bill in downtown Detroit on the ground. It's not going to be right. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like I said, he's one of the key players right there, him himself. Now, you've got him in charge of the Pentagon along with people like Douglas Fife and, and Richard Pearl and Paul Wolfowitz that are Pentagon advisors or – uh, you know, in these prominent positions over our military and federal government at the time of 9-11, one of the key people that I, I made in an effort for years to make sure that he was exposed was Michael Chertoff, who is still a thorn in our you-know-what right to this day, even though he's not in the government anymore. But 
Michael Chertoff, who comes from a long line of, of wonderful Jews, including his grandfather, who was real prominent in the Bolshevik Revolution that killed what what number is it? Is forty to sixty million Russians at some point in time here? Uh, well, well, we'll yeah, never know. Twenty million Ukrainians at least, and and probably at least that many again Russians. Yep. So we we got his grandfather, and his grandfather comes back here. We got his sisters, the head of the Woman Zionist Organization, his uncle, and his father, I believe. And I know his uncle Mordecai was, but I'm not, I'm unsure on his father. But his uncle Mordecai, nonetheless was a Talmudic scholar. Now, for the Bill, you might know this even maybe even better than I do, but not all rabbis can actually edit and add to the Talmud except for Talmudical scholars. And this is what to my understanding, Michael Chertoff's uncle was, was actually one of the few rabbis in the world that's actually able to edit and add well, to the Talmud. Well, I don't Talmud. think they edit the Talmud. Uh, I don't or think add so to because it. They, they really hold that sacred, but what they do is they make commentaries on the Talmud and, and interpret the Talmud. And, and um, yes, there are that there is a special class of rabbis who were considered extra evil, who who are considered to be Talmudic scholars, who who um who who are looked up to by other rabbis. Yes, they they do exist. Yeah, and knew something along those lines. So we have yeah, exactly. So we have his uncle, who was basically a very prominent Jew. Sister, obviously, head of the Woman Zionist organization. Grandfather. Um, oh, and parents. His parents were in bed with people like Golda Meir in the help founding of Israel. So, I mean, this guy's got Jew is Israel, the state of Israel written all over him from get-go. So, you know, this would be like one of the most patriotic Chinese people from China. His family was involved in everything that had to do with making China strong and then coming over here and running Homeland Security, or at the time of 9-11, the U.S. Department of Justice, and they catch a whole bunch of Chinese people with bombs in their trucks, right? And this is not that. We're not going to get to the bottom of this that way, right? Well, that's that's what Michael Chertoff is. Uh, side note, too, his last name in Russian means the son of a devil. So I, I found that interesting as well. They just added. Now, Michael Chertoff nowadays is up to uh, being part, I forget the name of the company, but it is one of the companies that deals with selling scanners. So they could microwave you in the TSA. He's one of the big proponents for making sure that we stop terrorism by microwaving everybody who walks through to get on the airport. And matter of fact, he just made, I believe it was like something astronomical, like a $300 million bonus. Or maybe it was a sale that he made profits on a $300 million sale of scanners. But, um, yeah, he's he's uh he's still a big player behind the scenes. And maybe when they bring in, if they if they're managed to get an, uh, you know, because they hit us with the left punch now for four years, because it's always how the Jews play. They, they they hit you with the left communist punch, which they like to focus internally on things. That's why, they, you know, the Jewish Homeland Security Director Napolitano and this thing they got in the, the White House, which is just the house now, uh, they they like to focus on internal domestic terrorists, and they'll, they'll blatantly come out and, and, and imply that it's it's whites, it's Christians, it's farmers, um, you know, all of the above. There, uh, well, well, I so think they planned on calling it the hood, but they were afraid people might call it the white hood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good one. They well, here's 
with the neocon agenda, the neocon agenda is always to go destroy Islam, uh, you know, Islamic countries that aren't bending to their vices, you know, because that's, that's, that's what the real reason I believe that the word, you know, that, that the Jews have us wanting to defeat Islam over there is because they aren't, they haven't bought into all the vices that, uh, white countries have unfortunately bought into, you know, the homosexuality, the feminism, usury, <clears throat> Excuse me. You name it. And so, <coughs> well, I should say the ones that actually stay in their country and, and believe what they speak, not the ones that go flood Europe and America. Those ones, they'll they'll ride around with their Gucci glasses and their Lexus and, and you know, collect their paycheck from the, the local jewelry store or whatever it is. Well, well uh, the Arabs, kind of, you know, they claim that they claim – the same religious heritage that the Jews do, and that's why in their public face is to reject usury and the eating of pork and, and the sacrificial slaughtering of animals in, in certain manners, and, and they try to claim everything kosher as their own, right? It's at, to me, Islam is just Judaism for the heathens, basically. It, it's, yeah. it, it's an invention of Jews. And, and they would get offended to say that, but there are historical citations that, that demonstrate that Islam has Jewish roots. There's no doubt. Another, um, I think another thing I wanted to talk about tonight, and, and that your 9/11 Missing Links movie exposes very well, is Kenneth Kenneth Feinberg. That this guy is incredible. The Feinberg Group, and, and this is um, from a synopsis I made from your movie. The, the Feinberg Group, which is very, you know, in bed with all the Jewish organizations and many international corporations, it, it was a top supporter of the Jerusalem Institute, which is a Zionist group looking to um, to build the wall, right, in, in Palestine, the apartheid wall, right, the Jewish supremacy wall. But, well, this Feinberg Group, this guy's, this is incredible, I think. This is, it, it's um, amazing how blatant, criminals can be, and, and they do this publicly, right? But this guy, his clients stood to lose billions of dollars if the 9-11 suits from, from victims had ever gone forward. And, and instead, Kenneth Feinberg himself was put in charge of the September 11th Victims Compensation Fund by John <laughs> And, and and that's not where it ends, and that's absolutely that that is blatantly openly putting the fox in charge of the hen house. And and um, aside from that, since then he's also been appointed the, the um, he, he serves as the government appointed administrator of the BP Deepwater Horizon Disaster Victim Compensation Fund, and he he serves as the special master for the TARP Executive Compensation Program, well, which is absolutely incredible. That This man's in charge of all these huge government funds, and, and it, it all stemmed out of it – it all began with 9-11, where he stood to lose his shorts. And if those lawsuits had gone forward, and, and a couple of Jewish federal judges that your, your, your movie talks about, who happened to know Kenneth Feinberg very well – well, 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 they expedite all, all of these lawsuits and, and, and push them all off into this federal fund, and, and the taxpayers foot the entire bill, and, and then Kenneth Feinberg gets it put in charge of it all. It, it, I mean, that's absolutely incredible. Well, yeah, not only this, but uh, 
Michael McKenzie, Alan K. Hellerstein, and Chertoff uh, were all rumored to uh, to to attend the same synagogue together for years. And, um, you know, they did this early on, and, and they coerced uh, Rudy Giuliani to make, I believe it was uh, Chertoff, uh, the head DA for New York or something. That day. I mean, he, if you trace him back, you see where the, the links go, that he um, made it to where he was at and ended up becoming Homeland Security Director. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the judges that they appointed were Al- Alvin K. Hellerstein. Now, he, he, if I'm not mistaken, he is the only judge that's allowed to deal with any of the cases that deal with 9-11 victims. Now, the idea was here is that they were going to give a paltry million dollars to each family that had dealt uh, – had a, a family member that died in the towers as a compensation. You know, and they sold it off as – Oh, we're doing a great thing for the victims. You know, they always sell this patriotic BS to everybody. Like, oh, we're helping out the victims' family members. We're going to give them a million dollars. Well, yeah, they gave them a million dollars, and they made them sign a clause that said they could never sue. They could never bring up anything of importance about 9-11 other than the emotional aspects of it. And uh, basically decapitated any retribution that the family members could get once they figured out that these rat-faced Jews pulled off the attacks. So... They they assigned Alvin K. Hellerstein to all the cases of the families, and it wasn't many, that didn't sell out to that million dollars. And he's done an excellent job. The last time I've looked was probably like eight to ten months ago. He's done an excellent job of making sure that none of these cases have made it to court. And that was going on at, at that point in time. It was just past nine years now. Uh, I don't know if any of them have made it in just recently, but I would doubt it. Then you had Michael McKenzie who was involved in this, and it was funny. Is um, McKenzie was the was the Jewish, by the way. He was an ugly, evil bastard too. He was the Jewish judge that oversaw the litigation um, of the insurance companies that were were insuring Larry Silverstein. Now, mind you, Larry Silverstein pulls out an insurance contract uh, two weeks prior to nine eleven that involves acts of terrorism. Well, this dirty Jew bastard <laughs> was so arrogant that when 9-11 happened, um, and these insurance companies, if I'm not mistaken, were out of base out of Europe, too. He was so blatant that he said each tower got hit. That's two different acts of terrorism. He wanted double funding of what his max policy was supposed to be. is like $3.5 billion. He's like, well, you know, it's two different acts of terrorism. I want $7 billion. Even though it was only one act, just two planes, right? And that was so. Michael McKenzie's the guy that oversaw that. And if you remember, right, is a couple few years back they were going to make. I know they. I believe they did make him attorney general for a while, but they yeah they made Michael McKenzie attorney general. And yep. And then they had uh, you know Chertoff obviously right after nine eleven became Homeland Security director. Um. Oh gosh, the, the list goes on and on and on. It, it's like a you know, it's like a bar mitzvah with the names that were involved in this. Um, let me see. So you, so you got Paul Wolfowitz, deputy defense secretary, uh, member of the defense policy board of the Pentagon during nine eleven. You got Richard Pearl, who's still around, giving advice on media about Al Qaeda and everything else. <clears throat> He's chairman of the Pentagon's defense policy board, and. Uh, what was funny about Richard Pearl is I don't know how this guy still was still lingering around or still to this day is, 
But he was, back in, in the 1970s, he was kicked out of Senator uh, Henry Jackson's office after the NSA. Huh? Scoop Jackson, I remember it. Yep. And he was, he was kicked out because he was pulling a Jonathan Pollard. He was caught stealing uh, classified documents and sending them to Israel. And uh, I don't know how they got away. Well, I do know how they got away with it. I don't know how Jonathan Pollard didn't get away with his case. or Well, because he was Jonathan Pollard, and, and this is Richard Pearl. I, I mean, Larry Summers, the same thing, right? Larry Summers got caught taking documents when he was in the Clinton administration. He slapped them on the wrist and sent them off to Harvard. Yeah, and just like we, even recent cases, you get Scooter Libby Libowitz. He he gets caught, you know, doing his dirt, and they let him off. Or uh, who's this Jewish mayor or senator that gets caught with a mistress? Uh, Elliot was it Elliot Abrams? Anyways, yeah. yeah, I mean these guys get these guys get caught all the time doing all this stuff. And oh, look at look at the biggest one recently. Um, uh, I uh, IMF chief. Um, Oh gosh, name it. Yeah, yeah. He he gets caught raping somebody at a at a hotel, and they, of course they let him off. I don't know how they even took him down like that, but yeah, he gets let off. So you know, it just it goes to show the double standard and hypocrisy that you know these people are able to benefit from in society. You know, how dare you blame a Jew for anything? They wouldn't touch a penny. So that that's that's what they were able to pull off with. With the judges, the, they put the judges in places and made sure the cases got assigned. Um, on a side note to that, as far as court cases, they pulled a little slick game with the U.S.'s liberty survivors as well during this attack on 9-11. Knowing full well what date and time they were going to pull this attack off. It's not like they just decided Tuesday morning on the 11th, hey, let's blow these towers up today, right? They knew they were doing this ahead of time, so... The USS Liberty uh, case was going up against uh, in, in court again to to push for a real investigation that would expose Israel's deliberateness in attacking the USS Liberty because they'll they'll tell you all day it's an accident, which is a load of crap. Well, the, they, the Jews thought it was funny to uh, to keep backing up the court date. And the third time they did that, they backed it up almost to the minute that the uh, first or second plane hit the tower on 9-11. They said, oh, your court date's on 9-11-01 at 8.30-something in the morning. <laughs> so I, I thought, hey, you know, call it irony, call it a coincidence, I, I call it a Jew incidence, I, you know, whatever you want. But I probably think that was a stab at them, you know what I mean? Well, well it, it probably was another smack in the face. And, and the Bush administration was, uh, I mean, Clinton had a, a lot of Jews in his administration. And, and the the, um, the Reagan and the first Bush, they both had a lot of um, what what I should call proto-neocons, right? Because I don't think they were calling themselves neocons yet. Well, well they had a lot of proto-neocons in, in their administrations. And in fact... A lot of these Jews that were in the Bush two administration were leftovers from the Clinton and Bush one and Reagan administrations. I mean, Richard Pearl has been around forever, but a lot of them actually did work for Clinton, Bush one, and Reagan. And it seems that a lot of these Jews that these that that they um, no matter who the president is, they happen to stay in 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 office or at least in spheres of influence. Look at Henry Kissinger, right?
and and um, the the Bush two administration was just loaded with with neocon Jews, and and it, it's in, they they had full control of every aspect of, of what was going on. I, I believe at that time they had all their bases covered, the the defense, the media, the news that they had it all covered. Yeah, they 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 had everything pretty much in lockdown. And I think a, a lot of people forget one of the main political goals of the, of the project for a new American century and the neo neoconservative movements of Jews was to um, to implement the the policy of preemptive war. And, and, and let that me was say real quick. Let me say real quick that new American century. I think one of the first big figures in that that was working in the White House was the big new Brzezinski for the Carter administration. And, and that's, yet, you know, to show that it, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican, that they're all on the same team. And, and that, that yet, you know, it, it was the new American century. It was, that, that's, that think tank was, the Bush administration was loaded with those people. As, as oh, absolutely. As Link points out, movie points out. Well, look look at the people they were going to bring on the Obama presidency. It was it was it was like the same roster. They were going to bring on Rudy Giuliani. They wanted to bring you know it was the same clique of people. They just one claims to be right, one claims to be left, and there is some truth that there is a, a difference between the two in a sense that the, the communist left will like to work more towards internally destroying America, and 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 the neocon right will will tend to destroy America by using it externally in wars. Which I mean, the let they both do. They both do. So I mean, essentially, there is no difference. They're all working against the, well, you know, well, the right. issues. Well, right. Giuliani's never really been a real conservative. He's never been a conservative. He, he's he's a fiscally conservative liberal, basically. That's why he's a New York City Republican. New York City Republicans are never conservative. And, and, it's kind of an oxymoron, know, anyway, right? Well, well, right, exactly. And and Rudy Giuliani, he, he was a um, he, he was a federal prosecutor in New York City. When Chertoff was the federal prosecutor across the river in, yep. in New Jersey. So, yep, so they were I, buddy. I mean, I'm sure they probably they probably go way back, right? <laughs> yeah, they do. There's actually old pictures you can see where they go way, way back into the 80s. And, and, and for those who don't know, I mean, Rumsfeld was, was one of the um, – I believe it was Rumsfeld uh, – was one of the key people that was involved in uh, – not Rumsfeld. I'm thinking with Giuliani. I'm getting the two mixed up. Anyways, that was a side note. I was going to bring up the fact that Rumsfeld was was one of the key people to get aspartame legalized in the 80s. Cyril G and aspartame has been linked to a lot of health issues, and I'm sure a lot of people are aware of that. But um, you know, same same crime network. You know what I mean? As far as you know, just different crimes and where they're positioned, and they shuffle the deck once in a while to confuse people. But. Um, well, well, it's between part, between the two million dollars, the two trillion dollars missing from the Pentagon budget, and and the all, all of the money that nine eleven cost us, and now this bank bailout and and TARP, it, it's uh, I mean we're probably we probably been robbed. I mean the Jews print the money, right? It's their money, and, and that's why Christ said, whose name is on it, and and give it to him, right? I mean give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, we let the Jews print the money. What makes us think they're going to share it with us? And basically, that they've made off, probably absconded, with um, at least five or six trillion dollars of American taxpayer money since the Clinton administration. And, and people oh, complain very conservatively. About, people complain about the hundred billion dollars that's gone to aid in Israel, but that's only what they let us know about. 
that that's only the part that they let us know about. It, it's it's at least five trillion dollars the last twenty years that they've just stolen from us. Yeah, they've it, it, yeah. There's then that'd be a very very conservative estimate too, because yeah, he's. <laughs> The, the numbers that have, have gone, I mean, just, yeah, like you said, the, the Pentagon alone as being one financial arm or recipient of the federal, you know, the, the Jewish printing money, it, it was $2.3 trillion. So you can just imagine where everything else is going. I mean, the, the money they just spend to even fund the enemies within the United States through entitlement systems is ridiculous too. But that that's a whole nother story. Um, now, Bill, you were talking before the show that uh, there was a there's a couple of questions that people raised um, regarding, let's say, w- what my view would be on what hit the Pentagon, what happened in Flight 93, where the people were on the planes. Um, well, well, to me, there's no doubt. I, I believe that airplanes did hit the Twin Towers. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the video footage that does exist of the second plane is clear. The, the video footage of the towers from the very beginning fully indicates that planes that at least one plane hit the twin towers out of the two right because there's no i don't think there's video footage of the first plane is there yeah the not a brothers were actually with um and that was suspicious in itself that they were with the fire department uh in the middle of a new york street inspecting a gas line and they happened to uh pan up right as the first plane was flying over them real low and they panned up to look at it and they caught that it was good footage of it the plane went right into the building and um, but you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, what what do you think hit the Pentagon? You know, because there's a lot of theories out there. I don't believe a plane that. hit the Pentagon. A plane did not hit the Pentagon, and a plane. Uh, I don't know if Flight 93 really crashed in Pennsylvania or was shot down, one or the other. And and we have um, you would show me some evidence from witnesses in in Pennsylvania on the ground that it may have been shot down, but it was not shot down into that hole that they showed us on the news where Flight 93 allegedly crashed. That is not Flight 93. That there is not Absolutely. a that 10-by-20-foot hole. Well, my contention on the Pentagon is it's an unanswered question to me. I won't, I won't uh, ever give an opinion on it because until the 88 different cameras, including the Sitgo and Sheridan across the street, Video is released, just like the video of the Oklahoma City, the 12 cameras that are in front of there that were never released. Um, I, I, I chalk it up as an unanswered question, and you know I don't, I don't have any shame in that. I go, oh, you know so much about 9/11, but you don't know what happened at the Pentagon. Well, you know, there's some people said it was a cruise missile. Some people said it was an F4 Phantom. Some people say it was a Boeing flyover. Some people say uh, it was just rigged explosions. Um, well, well, I, I thought don't... there was one media that there was one in, in the Zero documentary that the Italian government made, and, and I have that now on the front page of Christogenia, and it'll be, stay there for at least a week. But in mm-hmm. that documentary, there was one former military man that they were interviewing, and I think he summed it up real well. He said, "I can't tell you what hit the Pentagon, but I can tell you what didn't hit it." And, and exactly, what hit it was a seven fifty seven. And it's like the people that, um, you know, what happened to the people that were on the planes that hit the towers and, and so on and so forth? Well, that's, again, it's another unanswered question. I will say through the research and, and what I, I showed in Missing Links was that, uh, you know, these, these Jews that happened to own the the airplane companies that leased the planes to United Airlines and, and American Airlines. So, so these planes were in the hands of theirs. And also 
the flight termination systems, which are basically remote control uh, takeover software, was also run by the same Jews that um, that uh, through I believe it was P-Tech at that point. I'm a little rusty on that part, but well, you, you have P-Tech, and your video goes into that in, in depth. Yep, and so you you have that right there. So I would I would conclude with that evidence, and I don't make the assumption or 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 say that's what is you know concrete proof. But I conclude right there that we have pretty much enough evidence to guess that they took over the flight systems of the planes. Now, were well, they what actual? What nine eleven missing links? What nine eleven missing link shows is that, and, and you don't make any statement that this is what happened, and that's probably wise. But what you do show, and and what you do and show this throughout many areas of, of this, um, throughout many facets of of, of this e- event, is that you show that P Tech had the software and they had the access, and, and that's mm-hmm. beyond dispute. They had the software, they, the access to the software, and they had the access that they needed. If indeed that they installed it, right? Because we don't know if they installed it or not. But they sure as hell had the access, and the ability. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well and, one uh, question, if this, and, and and I'm being argued within the chat that perhaps planes didn't hit the Twin Towers, and, and this question will, will um, address that <laughs> also, right? And, and this question was sent to me by by, by somebody that, that um, well, well, she works with me, let me put it that way, she's somebody I love and respect. But, well, um, she wanted to make sure that I asked tonight that if planes, if these planes, and especially the one that hit the Pentagon, right? Uh, I mean, I don't believe that that 757 hit the Pentagon. And what she wanted me to ask is what could have happened to the people? I, I mean, why aren't there, there um, people popping up saying, hey, I, I was on that plane and, and it, it didn't hit the World Trade Center or a rocket hit the World Trade Center or, or whatever, and, and um, I, I was really on, on the plane, and we landed in Honolulu or something, or, or San Francisco, and, they, 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 you know, what happened to all these people? And, and it's, believe me, I know it's not above the Mossad to make a few thousand people just disappear, that they're ruthless, and, and they've been doing this for, for, for millennia, and, and mm-hmm. um, it, it's not above them one bit. But, but what could have happened to these people? And she said... And she asserts that she knows what she heard, that that she heard on um, the BBC, on on BBC News early one morning, two or three years after 9-11, she says. She heard on BBC News early one morning that Barbara Olson and the companion had reached an EU border point. And she can't recall which country it was, but the news flash was suppressed and never saw the light of day again, and she knows what she heard. Yet she never saw any mention of Barbara Olson again. Well, you know, as as much as she might be an honorable person and everything, you know, something like that, it has, you know, I'd have to see the evidence for it. I'd have to see at least a report of it or, you know, something like that because, you know, I, I do get a lot of word of mouth and some some from people that I completely trust and in, in, in such and, it, you know, stuff like that. If if that could be proven that it was said, like the B, like I can pull up the BBC article that says the hijacker suspects are alive and well, and BBC admits to even interviewing one. Okay, so that is, there's no question of that. That right there, to me, would be even more stunning than you know the, this uh, Barbara Olson, you know, being off the plane. So, um, 
but as far as like what happened to these people, I you know it, it could very well be something as simple as as that they were on the planes and they you know the the flight termination system took over the the flight path of the airline and they they remotely crashed the airplanes into the, into the uh, to the things or you know they you know these are these are unanswered questions you know. The, so an event this big, you're not going to have the answers to everything, and you well, we well, might I not ever have. I sympathize so, with that fully, but some people just want to want to hear that, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or, or they want so, to hear if perhaps there is information out there that they hadn't heard, right? Yeah, I would love to see it. I mean, if, if that article could be found, I could, you know, I could search into that and looked into it uh, a little bit more. I I do know a, a strange event that happened with one of the pilots who used to be. Uh, in the CIA, I'm trying to remember what the name of the pilot was. Well, his daughter uh, must have been ready to speak out or something. And this was in 08, 09. Anyways, his daughter was was uh, it was, was always difficult to reach for an interview, so I think they had her under wraps for a while. Well, they ended up setting her up with some boyfriend, I would imagine, that, you know, just to keep an eye on her, you know, and had some probably some Israeli model dude or something to go talk to her and she was all giddy about him and well this guy ended up getting away with firebombing her and killing her in her apartment and then going oh I didn't know what happened you know something blew up in there and she was locked in her apartment and the firebomb it went off in this apartment building and didn't damage hardly anything else in the building except for her place and killed her so that's just one suspicious thing, and this was the guy that was supposed to, her dad was supposed to be the pilot that had the plane that flew into the Pentagon. And so, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of that guy. Uh, well, well, that might be an interesting avenue to investigate in the future, right? Mm-hmm. But as far as the, um, I would love to address this uh, no plane theory, just like I addressed uh, the Alex Jones and other what I like well, to call well, right. I have a few questions here. We could easily go another hour here, right? I, I mean, I have a few more <laughs> questions, right? Well, the, the no plane theory is um, brings me to the how versus who. And with without even having to debunk the no plane theory, it, it should be substantial enough that this these theories, even the, the, the kosher, uh, you know, loose change theories of George Bush, Dick Cheney, and the CIA doing it, you know the idea that these these theories are put out there so that you can run around in a in a in a hamster wheel all day and and pause it and oh look at this oh that that video glitch or this did that and the idea here is is to keep you away from the identification of the criminals and instead investigate the crime to death which leads to nowhere it never is never going to do anything unless we actually go after the criminals and identify them. You know, well, and well so, if I was in a room, if, if, I'm sorry, if I was in a room with a dead Negro or, or something and, and and a cop walked in, how would be a set, very secondary thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Absolutely. I'm, I'm identified as the culprit and I'm going to jail. And and yep. how is to be determined later, right? And and they, you're right that the, the key thing here is identifying the culprits. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a whole lot of clowns out there that want to purposely catch us up, and, and I'm not saying that everybody that believes these theories is a clown, but that the, there's a whole lot of people out there that want to purposely entrap us in endless disputes about no planes, 
about strategic nuclear devices and a million other little harebrained theories, which really, in the end, don't matter. They don't matter. What matters is who did this, and we know who did it. The dance Jews did it, and the evidence is overwhelming that they did it, and that's not getting any play, and a whole lot of people are caught up in whether or not there were planes, whether or not there were nukes, whether or not it was thermite, whether or not it was this, whether or not it was that, and, and all that stuff at the end of the day doesn't matter. I mean, absolutely, and, and even taking a step further, you always want to research the the researcher or the the person putting out these theories. Like, hey, I, you know, my name's out there. Everybody knows what I look like, sound like. Uh, you know, there's enough of me of being out there, so. Uh, you know, they, they should give you an idea of, of where I'm coming from and what my motivations are. Whereas if you look, and, I, and I've went to battle with these, these what I call the no-planers for years, and I, I didn't turn the idea down because I certainly didn't turn the idea down. The Jews are behind it either, right? I didn't turn the idea down, and I went, and you know, there's, I'll even say the video out there was September Clues was the first one they came out with. And uh, some of the key people in this were like uh, Dr. Judy Woods, uh, a Jewish woman down on the East Coast. Um, uh, James Fetzer, a former uh, professor who I've met personally several times, and uh, even even debunked his own theory in a conference in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then uh, um, you have, have to excuse me, I got the kids in the background here. Um, but oh, who's the other one? Oh, Paula Gloria, this uh, lady out of New York, who Howard Stern was gracious enough to give all the time in the world to talk on his show about the no plane yeah, theory. Yeah, well, they're true Jews, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, and then you got this cadre of Israeli, like, um, Israeli call centers full of asinine people. And, Bill, you've been through this mix, too. If anybody's got their name or email out there, these bastards, and it's like they got a whole call center of them out of Israel, spam the living day. They never actually identify themselves. None of them do. They, you know, the, the Scott Summers, the Robert Blamings, and all these other people on there that, um, well, I know Scott Summers. I don't know if the, the Robert guy is one of the guys, but th there's this whole cadre of people, Nico Hoff, and he runs with Paula Gloria, and, and they'll spam the living daylights out of you with this no plane theory and, and like they have nothing better in the world to do, and you if you look behind who's behind these theories, who's pushing them, they, they're Jews, you know, and they're never comfortable with identifying a lot of other things. I mean, some of them do. I, I they, they almost had me sold because some of them will talk about the Holocaust and we'll talk about Zionism and we'll talk about Jews and and uh, you know to add a badge of credibility. But the the idea here is is to get you running around in a circle and or make you sound like such a complete idiot. You know, and that's what their intentions are. And, and Bill, it's the same way with me. I've met very well-intentioned people who have bought into this trite, and it, it, it's actually positive because they do make that story very convincing sometimes. That oh, they didn't, they used holograms or whatever have you. And at the end of the day, I say the the the, the end goal here for us is to, to 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 make these bastards fall. And whether that's, you know, that's the hands of Yahweh or the hands of the truth in general, whatever takes them down, whatever effort needs to be put forth. But your most effective source for doing that is identifying the criminals behind the crime. Not and that the has best. to be done first. Exactly. And that, that is all that's going to count. 
You know, that's all that, that's that going to count clear. for this event. It, it's clear that the Twin Towers, that they fell with the controlled demolition. Even if mm-hmm. there were planes, the planes did not bring down the towers, right? Yep. There's no way, and, and, there's, and, and if we, we look at the, um, the Zero documentary, and that's the exact argument that they make, and they have physicists and, and, and experts in their fields who, who explain all, all of the, um, the scientific details, and, and it's, it's pretty good. And, and um, whether or not there were planes in New York or not, even that, at the end of the day, is immaterial. The, the fall of the towers was actually caused very clearly by a controlled demolition, and, and we shouldn't worry about whether there were planes or not. What we should worry about is how to wake up our brethren to who the hell the perpetrators are, to, to exactly. wake our nation up, to stop supporting these devils because they are devouring us. And, well, and, and that's, that's the bottom line. That's all that matters. And all the people that want to start all the silly little arguments uh, over suitcase nukes or, or whatever, they want to do everything they can to deflect the blame from the true perpetrators. Yeah, and, and like I said, the Flight 93 thing, I forget the name of the pilot, but the and it wasn't this woman in this article from the Daily Mail, but it was a guy, a veteran pilot, that was ordered to shoot the plane down. He shot it down. He received the medal, and then he retracted any statement that he was involved in it at all. Like, the, it, it initially started coming out that he, you know, they were putting him on a pedestal. He shot it down, and they said, whoa, whoa, we can't do that. But that plane obviously didn't, fit into that little hole into Flight 93 and in Shanksville there. But that plane did scatter for miles, and shreds of, of, of that plane was all over the place for miles, which is another indicator that it wasn't didn't just crash in the ground and blow a couple pieces, hundreds of feet in the radius around it. It, it was shot down and scattered for miles. They were but, well, that's pieces. what they don't want to admit. At, at first, they didn't want to admit that it was shot down. I mean, they made that movie with the three the, the three um, sexual deviants that were heroes or whatever. It was, <laughs> I, I, I remember the propaganda, right? I, I can't remember the news reports because I really never watched TV through that whole period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember a movie being advertised where some sexual deviant was being played up as a hero for trying to stop the hijackers and, and perhaps forcing them to crash the plane. Well, it, and this this just brings me in a roundabout way to to say, you know, when I was coming through the, the whole nine eleven truth scene, you know, the the the, the truthers. Um, the most important thing I learned was to investigate the people you're getting the information from, and that's you know that's. How I didn't fall into the rabbit hole of uh, of, of the no plane theories and all that, I said, you know, this this um, this incident really isn't that that tricky. It isn't that tricky to figure out. And once you once you realize that what they've done with the, say the JFK incident, how many different theories do they have out there for that? None of which identify the criminals behind it. You know, it's always oh, it could have been this guy, it could have been that guy. Well, uh, E. Howard Hunt said he did it, and this guy said he did it from the passenger seat of the car and. You know, William Cooper had his own theory, and that's the whole idea of it: is to make it a conspiratorial entertainment uh, uh, for the people that. Well, well, that's it, what they did with Kennedy, and they were very successful at it. There's 10, exactly 000, that. There's ten thousand uh, um, conspiracy theories about the death of Jack Kennedy, and, and nobody wants to look at the things that Jack Kennedy was actually doing that may have led to his death which exposes the, the same crime ring 
as being the perpetrators. And a Jew caught it on film, just like 9-11, that, that's not a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Abraham's a pruder. And he comes out to be the conspiracy theorist of the thing there in the 70s, right? Or the 60s or 70s. I forget exactly when he came out. But he was the, it was called the Zapruder film. You know, Abraham's a pruder just happened to be there to catch the, the, the infamous shot. And so, just like you said, 9-11 came out. The conspiracy theorists come out. Because they, they know that a lot of people are childlike in the sense that they don't want to have to take responsibility in – and be responsible to stand up for themselves in the face of something this great. And so in a sense, if they give you all these theories on the table and you can basically play game to the fact that, well, I don't know which one it is, so therefore I really can't act on any of them because I have so many on the table. But once you know who's directly behind it and you know that you have a sense of responsibility, it goes, we need at least, at the very least, need to expose this. You know what I mean? And, and you know, do whatever needs to be done to, to spread the information out there, to get it out there. And, and and I will say this, that's all that needs to be done because the information itself will work its way in, into its own action. And um, that, that's, that's been shown throughout history several times now. Well, well something has to wake up people up. And, and um, as I discussed a few weeks ago, even, even biblical prophecy promises an awakening. And, and a lot of people have become aware of what's going on through 9-11. And, and I mean, I'm not going to fault you for the route you take. We've all had our own route. We've all had our Alex Joneses. And, and even today, we're not all on the same level of, of awareness of truth. And, and it's a long road, but it can be had. The people that do want to turn their televisions off, turn off the mainstream media, and open up books and 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 um, find and and investigate it for themselves. It's there. Mm-hmm. So so I don't fault a, a guy like you that came up through through um, Alex Jones, right? And and those turkeys. I, I do. Um, yeah, you know, there was only one line in the whole nine eleven missing links video that I that I that that I that, that I. Um, that, that I wish wasn't there, and that's the one where, where um, basically we're saying that Arabs are Semites, too. And the truth is that neither Arabs or Jews are, are Semites. However, I could deal with that line knowing that the movie's written, you know, for a mainstream audience, and, and it does expose the Jewish hypocrisy, that if Jews claim to be Semites, and, and if they claim to be that they are, well, well then Arabs have to be admitted in, into that circle, and, and and that's the way it is because Jews and Arabs have basically the same genealogical background, and that can be proven beyond doubt, especially Palestinian Jews. But but the truth is that neither of them are Semites, right? That the real Semites were white, and and uh, I just had to get that in. But but aside from that, I I was very happy with 9/11 Missing Links. I watched it today for the second time. I had seen it a couple of years ago when when I first met you, right? And and. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a great movie to, to wake people up, and it should be disseminated as much as we can get out there. I said, um, did you want to do callers with any questions or? Well, well, yes, we'll take calls from from, from people that we could recognize. I don't want to call any any calls from trolls, right? We've been trolled well, way too much the last six or seven months, so so on. Um, yeah, that, anybody that wants to, to call in, you're, you're more than welcome to. Just let us know who you are, and and we'll take your call. Uh, the um, 
the, the list of, of neocons in the Bush administration in, in 9-11 missing links, that, that should be enough by itself. All of these people have dual citizenship, Israeli citizenship and, and claim U.S. citizenship, right? They really don't care about U.S. citizenship. They really only care about that their um, Jewish allegiances to themselves. But, but um, it, it, that alone should be an eye-opener for a lot of people. If you could get them to watch it that far, it, it's how many people in our government uh, are really working for foreign interests. What are they doing that, in our government? How are we so stupid as to let them into our government? How did they get there? Well, of course, we know they get there through Wall Street money, right, and, and um, through the, the money of the international banks. And, and now they have $5 trillion of our money. We can't possibly outspend them. But, but but we could try to work harder, right? Well, that was one of the most exhaustive parts of the movie. That and all of the evidence for the dual citizen section was not even put in there because it was such. It, mind you, if you watch the film, and you get to the dual citizen part. A lot of people say they 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 kind of lose it there at that film at that part of the film because it, it's just it's monotonous in how many people. I mean, I, I urge you to, to watch it so you can be informed, and I didn't know how to make it any more entertaining for the people that have a uh, a, a shorter attention span, so to speak. But, and it, like I said, and a lot of people I didn't even get a chance to mention in there, but that part of the film was so long exhausting. I and mean, it wasn't that we were going into a big bio of everybody. It was like, boom, 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 boom. And it goes on just forever, it seems like, because there was so many. It's just like, like I said, it's the same game plan that's in the Obama administration right now. Who do you got? Rahm Emanuel, who fought in the, uh, the Israeli military, never in the U.S. military. His dad was part of the Ergon terrorist group out of Israel that, um, uh, they, they did a bunch of really vile things. Uh, you got David Axelrod, who was, you know, best buddies with, uh, Rahm Emanuel. And, and, I mean, if you go look up, um, Actually, I have the article on my website at Prothing.org. You can look up Obama's Jewish, Obama's Jewish White House or something like that, and you'll see it's it's the same thing. All dual citizens of Israel. Um, I was just looking at uh, one of the things they were. Oh God, what's the guy's name now? I'm totally drawing a blank on this. But it, it, like I said, it basically it's the same game plan as the neocons were to Bush. You know, there's all these dual citizens that make sure they, you know, they have a puppet in the front at the White House, and they even got a second puppet in the vice presidency. But then you look at even the, the uh, there was a back during when Bush was in office, they changed even the kitchen at the White House to a kosher uh, meal kitchen. So everything in the kitchen is, you know, kosher now, and they got Jewish chefs and everything. So they've got that whole thing just locked down. And, um, well, we let them start making our money for us in 1913. This is the result, right? What well, we lived yeah, in the yeah. UK the last four or five administrations. I mean, the result took took effect right away with, with with well, not only with all the things that happened in the Wilson administration, but but in in Franklin Roosevelt's administration. But now, after a hundred years, it's really starting to come to a crescendo, and and it's really hitting home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what happens? But, we let devils operate your your nation when you you just hand over that the control of your nation to the devil this is what we live with today yeah yeah and it's you know and then and getting back to like i said all the alternative theories they put out if you look behind the people that are pushing 
the alternative theories. You look at who these people are and what they stand for, and the fact that most of them are very, very active but very anonymous, you know, and it, it should be a huge clue to knowing that their theory that they're trying to sell, uh, they like to call it uh, TV fakery. And I, I like to call what they're pushing itself, the evidence itself is fakery, because that's what they've essentially done is they've been able to manipulate people to think that uh, they, they've taken a lot of the stock footage that was probably, you know, clean in itself and say, look, oh, you can see this reflection is different from that reflection. And it, it's really conspiratorial. It really is. It's conspiratorial. It's, uh, it reminds me a lot of like the UFO groups out there that will, will, will sell this kind of stuff. And, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing hardcore that I've looked at and I never had a closed mind to the idea you know, before on it, and I, I certainly wouldn't have had a closed mind on any of this stuff, or I wouldn't have came to the to the conclusion I finally came to at this. But you know, it's it's a shame that um, you know it, the focus is is always wanting to be shifted on the how instead of the who. Right, Cheryl, can we talk to Aaron, please? Um, Mike, one thing I want it, it's there's so much evidence in 9/11 missing links. It's hard to talk about it in in one program. The, the the van on the bridge that was full of explosives, and the Israelis that were in the van were arrested, and and by the FBI, and they were held, and then they were released, and and I don't remember the circumstances they were released under, but they ended up back in Israel, on a talk show talking about how they were here to record this event, mm-hmm. which shows that they had prior knowledge beyond all doubt. You want to talk about that a little bit? That's actually that's actually two separate incidences. The, the Jews that were there documenting an event were the ones in um, uh, where the old lady with the binoculars was sitting in a window. She caught them. The Jews that were actually caught that was a completely different van with the bombs in her trucks on George okay, Washington so I'm Bridge. I'm kind of confused, but that's okay. That's why we got you to clear it up. <laughs> yeah, there, there was like I said, there was multiple incidents of these days uh, or, or those days where they they had this. And exactly what happened is they arrested. Um, now, the, the exact number escapes me of how many Israelis they arrested on 9-11 for this. But what exactly happened was at the time, like I said, Michael Chertoff's the head of the Department of Justice. They had some, albeit well-meaning and honest FBI, if you want to call it that, that seemed to be investigating this initially and even gave these guys polygraph tests, which Fox News also reported on, that they failed three times well, Michael Chertoff was obviously when he's head of the Department of Justice, he calls final shots, right? So he he's, well, well, right. he calls the guy on the street, the FBI agent in the field, the cop on the street, he's not going to be in on any conspiracy theory. No, absolutely not, or else he'd be at the top ranks already. But the, what ended up happening with these guys is, you know, after the, the smaller fish are, are trying to fry these guys, um, Michael Chertoff comes in and says, "Look, uh, we're going to classify all this evidence, uh, everything that has to do with Israelis." You know, in, in this crime are classified, and not only that, but we're going to just let them all go back to Israel on minor visa violations. Is what they essentially charged them or reprimanded them for, and that's and I how think they. The movie said that there were at least sixty Israelis held, detained, questioned in, in the aftermath of nine eleven. Oh yeah, what was funny is that looked so bad that they had to round up. Uh, I believe it was hundreds and hundreds of, of Arabs that had nothing to do with 9-11 just to cover that up to make it look like, oh, it was an accident that we got, you know, rounded up some some people in this net that were, you know, they, it, none of these hundreds of Arabs had anything to do with it that they get caught, and they just did that to make, you know, to kind of 
fulfill the story at that time. Well, well like time. you said in, at the beginning of, of our discussion tonight, if one in ten were caught, that means there were six hundred Israelis involved in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at the uh, look at the spy carts, uh, the mall carts at the, at the um, uh, during the attack. I mean, they're basically what's, what you call a CNM network. So, say you're an Israeli, you you get shipped over here, coming out of the Israeli military or Shin Bet or Mossad, and they say you're, you know you're going to work at this mall cart. Now, a lot of these guys are working at mall carts, are like ecstasy dealers and what have you, but. Their main purpose is to basically – they always talk about these terrorist cells that are around the country. Well, that's exactly what they are. They are the terrorist cells for Israel in the United States. They're placed at every single mall in the country that I've been to, and a lot of people that have done activism as well in the malls from you know Texas to North Carolina, even up in Wisconsin that I've done. Uh, i got reports in San Francisco. You name it. They are in every mall. As a matter of fact, they were in three malls in Appleton, Wisconsin, which is a town of less than 100,000. And this is several carts in a mall. So what they basically are there planning to do is they're obviously going to have a loyalty to their people. And I wish whites had that. That would be awesome because we might be somewhere today if we had that kind of loyalty and cohesion, but we don't. Well, 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 we don't have any Jews. Yeah, (laughs) or a lot of other problems, too. Well, this is what – they're the – oh, that's what this – the sleeper cells. That's what they are. They're asleep. They just conduct their business. They run these carts where they sell uh, – uh, recently, a couple of years ago, they were selling uh, secret um, secret spas, uh, bath, bath salts and stuff, which come to find out the bath salts had some kind of drug property, and there was a, an epidemic of people sniffing this bath salt stuff they were selling at these mall carts. Or they'll sell, you know, trinkets, you know, Chinese trinkets, little toy helicopters and zoom copters and, and stuff like that. And so when they're called upon, they say, hey, uh, we got this congressman or senator or military figure or, or um, a, 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 a way too curious FBI agent that lives in your district. I need you to go over there and pretend you're an art student, pretend you're this or that, or go try to date his daughter and get into family, sit down to dinner, and collect intelligence, kill him, whatever have you. And so they have these people planted all over the country. Well, these people all took off out of all the malls in the country – Right after 9-11, just like Urban Movie System cleaned house, too, Savon Kurtzberg and the rest of them, bam, right back to Israel. Now, bringing up to date, they've they've all came back in full swing again. They've all been in these malls. Sometimes I see them where they're not there, which is strange, but for the most part, they've over the last few years, they've been, not only that, but Savon Kurtzberg uh, has been back as well. Or, no, Dominic Sutter, I think it was. Dominic Sutter, one of the head guys of Urban Movie Systems is back in the U.S. running a business, and it escapes me exactly what it was, but somebody showed me, it's like, look, the same guy that was involved in uh, in uh, the Urban Movie Systems plot is back in the United States in the same old games again. So it's a um, matter of fact, not too long ago, you guys know that the NSA has uh, moved one of the data centers out to uh, more of a rural area right outside of Salt Lake in Utah. Well, this data center is in you know a nice affluent white like Mormon community, and these these you you can go look this up on YouTube uh, art students in Utah or something like that. These Jews come around try to ask the locals there to see if their employees are trying to sell fake art. Well, uh, I don't know if these people knew about the Jews and their fake art scam or not, but they called the cops or the cops came and harassed them and were going to deport the guy back to Israel. It was it was quite. Uh, 
quite entertaining to see. But I guess we've got Aaron on the line here. We'll go ahead and uh, if he's got a question, that'd be great. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Bill. Hello, Mike. Thanks for uh, covering this topic. And Mike, thank you so much for making 9/11 Missing Links. Um, I've profit, profited a great deal from that show and had the opportunity to share it with a lot of people. So thank you for doing thank that. You. Um, well, you know, one thing that I haven't heard you guys cover yet that I'm dying to hear um, is, you know, people knew to the facts that the Jews were behind 9-11. You know, I'm sure, you know, we'll be wondering about now as to why the Jews would attack the towers, you know, and, and cause such a disturbance within the financial system here in America, you know, if the Jews, in fact, do own America and control its money, you know. So I guess I would like for you to list out kind of what the main motives and desired outcomes the Jews were hoping to accomplish with this attack on America on 9-11. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a difficult one to answer without another two-hour show because they, <laughs> they really did. They, they benefited so hardcore. I'll give them credit. They did an excellent job at being able to squeeze. I mean, the Jews do what they do best. They, they stretch a penny into two, right? Well, right. they did that with 9-11 to the utmost extreme they possibly could. They sold that in so many different ways and made so many so much profit from it in different ways. It's crazy. Uh, you can know, go into the, the fact that they've been able to lock down America and run a coup d'etat on the government and, and uh, the gosh, fear-monger people. The creation of Homeland Security has been a huge increase in government bureaucracy and government control. It's led us to a point of tyranny. It, it's created a, another 10,000 bureaucratic jobs for, for rabbis and Jews, and, and it's really grown the government. That alone, in, in, in concert with the Patriot Act, and, and the increased government spending and the increased taxes because of all that, that's reason enough by itself. Yeah, well, that, not only that, the wars. war. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you look at the neocons and who they are, and, and Mike spells out a lot of the corporations – that they they that these neocons are in bed with, and and how these corporations, these international corporations, have profited from not only the Department of Homeland Security but from the Iraq Wars. It, it's 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 not only a coup d'état and not only the installation of a tyranny, but they've they've profited a million fold from, from the little losses that they may have suffered on Wall Street in in 2001. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree. You hit the three major things with that. It's Homeland Security, and we got hit with the Patriot Act, and then, of course, they were able to rally up their little war to go against Iraq, obtain the oil over there, pipeline it to Israel, go and get it refined out in China, and they're all making money while our men and women are going and fighting that war and dying to support the Jews and profit the Jew. Well, well, the first Bush was at odds with the neocons, with the proto-neocons, I think I have to call them at this time, and, and that they wanted him to take out Saddam Hussein, and he didn't want to do that to leave that, 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 that um, balance of power between Iraq and, and, and Iran pretty much alone. And the Jews were upset with him when he didn't take out Saddam Hussein then. 
so that they could get their claws into the Iraqi people too. And, and um, I think that's probably why we had a mini recession in 1991, what we had the um, Bill Clinton, the rise of Bill Clinton, and, and the, it, you know, it's um, read my lips, no new taxes. They, that came back to haunt them. And, and the um, Bush was haunted with the it's the economy, stupid. Well, when it was really only a minor recession, it really wasn't even, it, it, it really didn't even matter because it was a very minor recession in between a couple of great, great big Jewish bubbles, right? And, and um, the tech bubble took off right after that. And, and the real estate bubble was ending, right? Well, well um, I, I believe that the first Bush probably only had one term because he didn't take out Saddam Hussein like they wanted him to. And, and um, that, that's, you know, they, they got his son to be their stooge and came back with a vengeance and, and made sure Saddam Hussein was taken out. And, and that was only part of the overall agenda, but that plays into the re relationship between Bush and the neocons in, in the 90s. The Bush and, that, and the And I think uh, so, so one of the early um, interviews Sobrowski gave where he laid out the timeline of what they really wanted to do was to first immediately go into Afghanistan, two years later Iraq, two years later Syria, two years later uh, Iran. And uh, I think they probably threw Libya in there in, in the meantime just because they probably figured Libya was going to be a threat at some point. But they, they had so much resistance with Iraq that – going into Syria was, was having to be pushed back, and certainly Iran. I mean, they've been screaming about Iran now for uh, hardcore for eight years, and, you know, nobody's buying it because the wars, Iraq and Afghanistan didn't go, you know, didn't go as smoothly, and certainly the, the evidence that they were trying to sell us didn't, didn't fly with most of America anyway, so... Well, well, there's no central banks. There's no. They're they're not slaves to the central banking system. That they mm -hmm. haven't turned their economies over to the Jews. They have not allowed the Jews to take over the social fabric of those nations, and 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 that is that alone. Those two things alone are a serious threat to Jewish world hegemony, which is what they really seek. Absolutely. Absolutely, but I, I don't be surprised if they finally do fulfill the, the agenda of Syria and Iran because, I mean, I, they're not going to give up from that. You know, and they, they they certainly don't like, uh, you know, the Iranian president, Ahmadinejad, saying, implying Israel did 9-11 or that it was a government, you know, cover-up in the United States and that, uh, you know, the Holocaust was a lie. And they, uh, you know, they certainly don't like things like that, so <laughs> they come down on that pretty hard, especially in the Middle East. Well, did you, did you have any other uh, questions, Aaron? No, it was just that main one that I wanted to uh, make sure we, we touched on for those who may not have already been aware of that. So, no, that's great. I appreciate it. Well, well right. It was a coup d'etat. It was a, it was a um, they, they, they completed the installation of a tyranny in America with the Department of Homeland Security. And, and the Patriot Act. It it, it it was, I think, maybe the final nail in, in the um, coffin for the Constitution if people don't wake up. Yeah. Yeah, certainly it was. And then, yeah, then they, you know, try coming out with other bills with the, the hate speech laws and all that, like H.R. 1955, and they were crying and moaning about that. Surprised. I've actually been surprised that there's still resistance to that. That they haven't been able well, to get it. 
if you look at what was going on right before 9-11, as far as all these uh, federal agencies, the DEA, FBI, and such, that were coming after the Israeli drug rings, the Israeli spy rings, and they were coming down pretty hard on this stuff. You know, obviously the people still at the top in the Clinton administration and even during an early Bush administration were, were certainly uh, were certainly Jews and, and not going to let this fly. It seemed as though there were a lot of people that were giving resistance. And a lot of people say, well, how come they just don't go rush us into Iran right now? And I think, you know, it's, there was a report out a couple of years back that said seven seven different generals and admirals in the military would immediately retire if they said to go in Iran. So they they have had resistance, just like um, it was an Irish prosecuting attorney for the federal government. I forget his name. It was, you know, MacDonald or Kennedy or some uh, Irish name guy. He, who knows? He might even been a Jew, regardless of the fact. He came and brought a case up against APAC, and I believe that that was a case that was set to open the doors and Israel being exposed for 9-11 because this guy had all the key players indicted or or uh, subpoenaed to this apex firing trial case. That's what they called it, this apex firing trial. But I think, but they also brought in the lead investigators from the FBI um, regarding 9-11 into the thing. And, of, of course, they got assigned to all these Jewish judges that kicked it out of court and eventually dropped the case, you know, four years later. But it started back in 03 and got dropped finally, I believe, in 07, 08. But this would have been the biggest trial, and there were, it was some obscure, like, a, it was like a sedition law or something along those lines. And the Jews are crying, like, oh, they're going to try to charge us with this old law in the books, and this is kind of a, this is just an anti-Semitic game like the Rosenthal uh, uh, murders. And, uh, you know, that's that's the way they're crying about it. But uh, there is people that are in the government that know full well about this. I mean, look at the guy that um, that goes around on, on media right now. He's on Fox News and, and other such shows, and he, he's real good on the CNN stuff, or the C-SPAN stuff, I should say. Uh, Michael Shorier, who is the head... Uh, the director of the FBI, uh, the director of the Bin Laden unit in the CIA. You know, and he's come out and blatantly said the, the whole 9/11 thing is a sham. Uh, I've, I've heard him on C-SPAN where people call up and literally say we're tired of being Jewed into these Jewish wars in the Middle East, and he'll he'll come back and comment. He says, you know, well maybe Americans should be able to question whether or not we want to fight Israel's wars. I know this guy's. Damn well knows who did 9/11. He can just tell it in him. Uh, there's there's other people that are like that too that have come out. Um, and, and so there there is that um, deductive logic that tells you there is a serious amount of resistance within our own government still, whether that's the even lower level or not. What, what have you that isn't letting the Jews pull off? I mean, how come they don't have Holocaust laws here yet too? You know, a lot of people ask that. Well. It's not. It's not because you know the Jews don't want that here. It's because they're not able to pull that off. And you'd think they'd be able to pull it off because I would say the American population in general is is far less intelligent and more brainwashed than say the European population is. You know, on on a whole, just in a cultural sense too. So that that's that could be some good signs to look forward to. You know, who knows what'll happen with it. Um. North Pal, if you since you want to call in, you could just uh, you have to dial seven two four 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 seven four four four, 
and they'll ask you for the show ID, and at that point, it'll enter 67332-POUND, and uh, you could either enter in your um, your account number, or you could just press 1 and pound, and you'll show up as a guest on there. So uh, it, it, it's in the chat room at the bottom. If you're in the chat room, you can look at the bottom right there. It says call in now, and it shows you the dial-in and everything, too, so. Well, well, I think 9/11 Missing Links is is I'm not trying to overcommend you, but it is a valuable movie for um for for waking people up that really don't know anything about the Jews or, or mm-hmm. about 9/11. And it might, yeah, you know, I'm sure it's gotten a lot of people to think. There's a lot of people that have come to Christagenia because of 9/11 Missing Links, and, and I, you know, it set them on that path, and and I think that's that's excellent. It's it's the marijuana to the heroin of truth, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that? Well, you have to step- start somewhere, right? And, and that's <laughs> yeah. the truth. I mean, yeah, you know, Alex Jones and and Pete Peters and and, and there's a whole lot of others that we, we think they're clowns now because we're where we're at, right? But but I mean that they are stepping stones too in a lot of ways. It, it's yeah, just that not everybody can step off of them. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I, 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 you know, a lot of people ask me, oh, to really hammer on these guys for not saying this and this and that. And I go, you know, they do they do play a part on on the other flip side of the coin. It's a double edged sword, basically. You know that they do wake people up that say if you came at with the, the full blast of what's going on in the real world, you know, what a lot of us already know that uh, it, it'll be too overwhelming. So you know, to what what is that? Uh, I always want to recall that biblical quote, something about uh, spoon feed milk or something. Well, right, they need milk before they get meat. That, yeah. No doubt. Paul tells the Corinthians, "I've given you milk because you're not yet ready for the meat." That's the way. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there might be some argument for uh, you know giving lesser information sometimes, but. Yeah, and that's that's another good thing too. The the cast pearls before swine. Um, that's an issue I wanted to explicitly bring up, and I always hammer this home on every show. Tonight is the night before the ten year anniversary, and I'm already getting thousands of hits on Missing Links, which is awesome because it happens every anniversary, which is the third one since the movie's been out. Um, we, it, I was even spamming. This is this is how I go about it. Uh, internet spamming Craigslist. Uh, Bill and I are really familiar with how how good Craigslist can get something out there. You could put, you could do 15 minutes, a half hour work, and get thousands of people to uh, to be informed or to at least look at something to, to go there and look at it. You know, I was even on uh, Justin Burt Bieber's or whatever this this uh, pop icon kid is or whatever. I was on his YouTube channel spamming the comment sections there even. Oh, why would you go there? There's a bunch of kids, you know. He's got a bunch of kids, a bunch of youth that are impressionable. Why not? That's a perfect place to go, you know. Bring these kids out of that that pop culture that they're being sold to you know, go fishing for them. Um, the CNN articles. I, I've seen people put links on model boat forums, uh, weightlifting forums, Obviously, CNN uh, comment sections don't bother with anything Yahoo because the Jews have that lockdown tighter than a, 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 a matzo ball at a, at, a, at a black barbecue. I don't know. <laughs> it's well, well, right, but good. another good place is just your local newspaper. Yes. 
and, and yeah. comment on the articles. Hit your local newspaper site, comment on the articles, put links into 9-11 missing links and, and, and places like that. Uh, I won't spam my website tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, don't forget about johna44.com. But, um, yeah, johna44.com <laughs> works fine. <laughs> um, but this is what we need. We need to hammer it out there and, and really push just for the next 24 hours – it's especially tonight. I mean, if you got time tonight, get it out there. Um, even hit the, the Alex Jones forums with the Prison Planet forums. A lot of these places where there already is a lot of 9-11 truthers just haven't seen the evidence yet. They're perfect breeding grounds to get woke. I, mean, I can't tell you how many people have, have followed myself out of the Alex Jones camp. Uh, matter of fact, I was on a show last night at, uh, on, uh, on another another talk show. And this guy called in and he says, you know, I used to argue with you on MySpace all the time. And I was a big Alex Jones fan. And he used to go, no, there's more to it and more to it. And, you know, he called up and said, thank you. I finally saw it. It took me a while. But I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I, I understand it's these uh, rat-faced Jews. So, <laughs> so well, well, you know, let, me say, let, let me give a case example. was um, two years ago in, in April of 2010, you yourself had had put up about um, April twentieth, Hitler's birthday. Yeah, you put up a bunch of Craigslist ads, little blurbs with links to, to the Mein Kampf project at Christagenia, and that day I got thirteen hundred extra visits, and, and Google Analytics told me that, and they all came from Craigslist. And after that, my site traffic on that site was permanently up five to ten percent. Yep, and, so I, spent, what, and I was minutes. getting. I was getting uh, at that time probably about 150 visits a day on that site. Now I'm getting closer to 300 a day, but 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 that's a that's a big boost, right? That that was a permanent gain of maybe 15 visits a day from from those 1,300 people that came to the site from, from silly little Craigslist ads. From yep. posting in, in Rants and Raves on Craigslist or, or in the local classifieds. And I spent, what, maybe 20, 25 minutes doing that? I mean, like I said, just Craigslist. That's all I did. Let me just 20 quick 20 minutes of, of my time to get this out here. And that's 1,300 people that actually went to go look at the site. You know what I mean? That's not just uh, how many people saw the link up there, didn't click on it or whatever have you. That's 13 people that physically went to that site that yeah. day. My, my site was off the map that day. I, I couldn't believe how many how, how many hits Craigslist generated that day. Mm-hmm. And and you could do that. I, I do want to thank there. I have noticed a couple of people have spammed. Um, if, if if somebody's listening to the show, maybe it was you. Uh, Chicago, New York, and a couple of other Craigslist ads today. And they also put up the missing links banner in the picture bottom. I want to thank you, to whoever's doing that. It was a good job. That brought in. Uh, the Chicago one I already brought in 87 hits. I looked and it was only up there for an hour. Um, the New York one brought, I believe, 62 right away, and that I must have just caught that one getting posted up there. Um, and there was a couple of other ones. A lot of people are just googling 9/11 today and finding it too. Uh, but you know, it just just internet activism alone right now will be huge because the Jews are out in full force pushing this this memorial thing and and then then they want everybody else to be scared that some other attack might happen tomorrow on the anniversary but i will say this like i said with all the other things they lie about 
they can spend 10,000 times the money and effort, unlimited amounts of money. They have it, right? Unlimited amounts of media. But you take the average person on the street that at least has an, or at least has a benefit of a little bit of open mind. We've got to give them that kind of platform and foundation to work with or else they're just idiots, right? But um, you take them and they've seen 10,000 different news articles, mainstream news articles, Hollywood movies about a specific topic, let's say 9-11, and they've been told 10,000 times it's Al-Qaeda. I can just go show them that BBC article, just that one article, one shred of evidence of 9-11. They're never going to go back to believing all the efforts that you've put in to convince them otherwise. So as we might not have all the money and the media in the world, all we have to do is reach out and put this in front of people. And anybody with any kind of common sense or open mind, except for the Judeo-Christians, um, <laughs> are going to look at that. And they're going to be, they're going to come alert to it if, if, they, if they're looking for the truth and they're a responsible, uh, logical human being and not driven by emotion and love for Jews, which there are enough, there are enough of them out there. So just don't, you know, don't get discouraged that all oh, the Jews have everything in their hands. They've got it all locked down. They don't. We still have the internet. We still have uh, the ability to, you know, speak on the streets and say what we want. You know what I mean? Not that. They, they could ever take that away from us, but there's no repercussions, I should say, from that right now. Um, well, well, right. In a lot of places, people go to jail for that. And in a lot of places that, that the average American thinks is free, like Britain and Canada and, and especially Germany, but when you say a lot of things, you, you can go – when you talk about race, when you talk about Adolf Hitler, Nazi Germany, when you talk about the Jews, you can go to jail. Just mm -hmm. Yeah, look at the guy, uh, this this fashion designer for some. I mean, this guy's in bed with him all day. He's 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 part of their clique, and he said something about a, I love Hitler or something. He's a fashion designer for one That's of these all he big. Said. Yeah, just they gave, they just threw the they threw the hammer down on him for they charged him with anti-Semitic hate and all this crap, and that's that's one of their own. You know what I mean? So it just goes to show you. That you know, was this year. I can't remember his name, but I don't want to, right? <laughs> no, I don't either, because he was, he was a degenerate, vile piece of crap himself. But it just, you know, that's just an illustration of one of their own they'll fry for getting that information out. Or I mean, he didn't even get anything out. He just insulted them. That was it, you know? And it was retarded. There was another case recently uh, that, um, that actually Bob had sent over about at the Times Online. It was an article about some... Some Canadian couple that were around my age, and, uh, the guy had his girlfriend take a picture of him giving a, a, a Sikh Heil salute, you know what I mean? He, it wasn't like he was there for some NSM rally or anything like that. He's like, oh, I just wanted to, you know, maybe this would be funny or something. And they, the cops came down and swarmed on him, arrested him, wanted to throw him in jail for six months. And in the article, too, it even worse, it said they did, they arrested, they pounced on some dude and arrested some dude that was hailing a cab. Had his arm in the air, hailing a cab, and they thought he was giving some Hitler salute, and they took him down. Was going to fry him, and this is how retarded they are. But they don't have that control here. That's the key. We have that. We still have. In the we're in their nest too, and we have the, the availability to do that here. So, and if we don't run our mouths, we deserve to lose the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we got what's coming to us if we don't say something. 
<laughs> we already we're already at where we're at because of thanks to the what do they call that the, the good generation or the uh, what's that fifty the, the greatest generation the greatest generation yeah. of whores ever in the history of our race. Yeah, we can thank them for not speaking up and putting us in this spot. What are our children going to say in the future when we don't say nothing now, right? Uh, it's just, yeah, we got what's coming to us if we don't. What do they say? The squeaky wheel gets the grease, or well, well like even with the old adage that God helps those who help themselves, we'd better stand up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve the help of God or, or anybody for that matter. Absolutely. Okay, Mike, this has been uh, – I think it's been great, and, and I want to thank you for doing this with me. It was your idea when I was looking for a topic for tonight, and, and um, thanks for being here. Yeah, you said – I can't think of it. I'm trying to think of a topic, and I'm like, well, yeah, you're right the night before uh, 9-11 here. I said, let's, let's do a 9-11 show. Well, well, hopefully so. um, hopefully it'll it'll help get some people to, to watch your movie. That, that yeah. Like. And, and to share it, and, and to share links to it, and, and to share links to um, – 911missinglinks.com every, every chance they get this week and and I would urge people go to your local newspaper website respond to a couple of articles make a make a 2 minute response to an article and and say oh by the way tomorrow's the anniversary of 911 check this website out 911missinglinks.com Oh, okay, yeah, or... I'll be here next um, Friday night with my ongoing Matthew commentary, and, and um, I'll be here next Saturday, and, and that topic is to be announced. Well, thanks for having me on, Bill. Yahweh bless. Thank you, Mike, and, and praise Yahweh, the God of real Israel, the Anglo-Saxon Celtic peoples of the world.